Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. The Big Guy Ryback feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with The Big Guy Ryback starts now welcome to conversation with the big guy ryback i am the big guy ryback and today i'm joined by pro wrestler fox news contributor host of nuff said actor comedian real life monster writer known in wwe as brodus clay the man they call tyrus how have you been man i am uh i'm good man i'm just um trying to juggle it all you know, and deal with, it's a different type of, of fame when you're competing in like TV entertainment. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, the one, the one thing I don't miss about wrestling as much as I love wrestling, I don't miss having to compete with guys I shouldn't have to compete with. Yeah. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you only go up against, if somebody, if somebody has great ratings, you battle. Yeah. If they don't, they don't. No one's going to say, ah, this guy only gets 300000 a week, but he's still our champ. Yeah. And it's your job to get his stuff up. Whereas in TV, it's like once you get the, the cream rises, you know what I'm saying? But then once you get there, fending off all the sharks is crazy. Yeah. It's but like yeah, that anywhere. Politics, I think, just as, but. Yeah. The, the cutthroatness is just, if you don't play that game, because I still have that. And I think we're a lot alike. Like, if I do what I need to do, and take care of business, I shouldn't have to worry about the guy next to me. Yeah. If he can't swim, it's not my job to pull him up. Yep. It's, you know, and uh, that's always been my mind frame. You do your part, I'm going to do my part, and um, we should be fine. And if you don't and you fall behind, I'm not the greatest guy at, like, throwing the, the life preserver to pull you up. I'm just, I end up, like, resenting you. Like, wait a minute, if you can't go, then let's next man up. Because if I couldn't go, yeah. I wouldn't expect someone to carry me. Same. And I, I wouldn't Let want me drown. It, I'm okay drowning. <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. rather drown than become a fish. Yeah. Then, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, there's that aspect of it. But, I mean, it's um, it's a good feeling, though, to be like when naysayers say you're one-dimensional or you're going to do a certain thing, and then you go walk into a brand-new territory and just own the place. So it's yeah. kind of, it's a good thing. Like yeah, you know, I think wrestling prepares you for so much. It does. That you really can't be shocked by anything in like movies, TVs, yeah. honestly, man, it desensitizes movies, you to a lot. Shows. Yeah. But it also makes you like, you catch shit so much quicker. Yeah. <laughs> like you see things <laughs> yep. so clear. Like when someone's coming at you sideways, you already know their pitch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's true. That's the one, the one thing about, especially our generation. I think we don't, the, the generation before us, you know, they were like rock and roll and they could pretty much do whatever they want without consequences. Yep. We were held accountable for their sins plus our sins. And then we we're also held accountable for anything we might could possibly do. Yeah. Like we wouldn't even yeah. do anything. And someone would be like, one guy decides he doesn't want to work with you. And he'll say he's dangerous. Next thing you know, you're, you're the most dangerous guy in the building. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. they can they can stretch something. It doesn't necessarily have to be factual. And then we have to be accountable and almost sometimes apologize 
for shit that we didn't even do. Yeah. Well, wrestling too, man, is you got to go. It's now being away from it too and and doing my own thing. And it's like in having a much more control when you're in that environment, it's a different thing because it's, it does at the end of the day, it it doesn't matter. It's somebody else's company. It's whatever they want to do at the end of the day. And that's a really, and all of us all understand that, but it's, it's tough. I think at different levels and in the higher up you get there and, and going through that. But our generation well, too, there was no competition. So we kind of all like, whereas now I think wrestling's pretty cool. What's going on right now that there's actually our generation possibly can have some options. Cause it, it didn't exist before really. And you kind of just, no, we all, we all work scared. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had nowhere to go. Yep. And they so prayed on that necessarily couldn't say no. When every part of your body said, say no yeah and those of us who chose to at point say no and i i really think we all came up together yep and i think one thing about our group that was different than other groups we weren't really into cutting each other's throats no not at all i think that i look look back at all the time i go there was none of us who especially you can go back to fcw like oh all with dr tom there i was like fuck we had such a great group of guys like there was nobody where you were like we need to watch out for that guy yeah like i can remember when Feed Me More really started becoming, I, I hate to compare you to Goldberg because you're two different animals and all due respect to him. You're an accomplished worker. He, yeah. He, he is what he is, but great at what he does. Saying, He's probably the best at what he does. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of guys didn't know you could work. Yeah. And there was times when I, I know one in particular, cause I was in the doghouse a lot at one point and they <laughs> wanted to feed me to you. <laughs> yeah. And I remember they wanted to feed me to you. You know, yeah, wanted, yep. it was like a one minute match or something like that. And I have that in my uh, notes. I said, it's glad, I'm glad. Yeah. And I said, I'm glad it's you. Yeah. I'm glad it's you. And you said, no, they're throwing this away. You know what that, by the um, way, bro, it's just a real quick, not to cut you. Off. I had this in my notes. Cause this is one thing that I, I remember it was, if I'm not mistaken and this, there could have been two different situations. I believe I turned heel already and I was working scene at the pay-per-view and I already knew what was going on yep. based off of losing like the seven big pay-per-views in a row or whatever it was six at that time and seeing however I seeing what was going on and I was actually my back was actually already hurting me at that point and I believe I was told I knew what the outcome of the pay-per-view was already going to be and I already had my steam going into it and I knew what was going to happen and I knew John was going over and they wanted me to I think go over on you and Tenzai in a two-on-one match if I'm not mistaken, in, in a short period of time yeah. in, in shell shock to both of you. And I remember thinking, I remember telling you, I was so angry because I already knew. I go, what's the point of this? This isn't doing anything. I'm hurt right now. I don't want to do this. This does nothing for you guys. Two huge monsters, me beating you, because all that energy is getting transferred to John on Sunday. Nah, I had no interest in doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, but, I'm, but yeah, and you were like, most guys would have been like, I, this is going to be great for me. Yeah. So. I'm going to destroy these guys. And I even more so because you weren't going over, you would have that to fall back on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just made no sense to me. Um, But that was because who you are. You were always a man of integrity. So writing wise, whether it made sense or not. And I was at a point where I was just, yeah, cool, whatever. I'm I'm glad it's you, you know, and, and instead it ended up being the Miz where he, where Miz did whatever. And then, you know, that was it for me. But, I look, I look back on those, those moments and like, I was, I think I, I was one of your biggest, like I had one of the biggest arguments because I felt 
the time was right with Punk and you to, yeah. to the changing of the guard because you would have been the first of our group to be at the top of the mountain. And I thought once that happened, it would set the table for Ryback Brodus, yeah. you know, Ryback of uh, Caesar, Ryback TJ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like this is the art. This is our generation taking over. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the group ahead of us had such a foothold because they were so comfortable because there was no competition. Nope. They were, I call them the bus crew because they were the last of the bus crew. Yeah. They all had buses and million dollar downsides and very comfortable. And they had no reason to let anybody else in at the table. No, there was no reason to have, to allow a Ryback who was the hottest thing in wrestling at that time. I was in those arenas. Yeah. I heard the feed me more. Like it was, it was there. I look uh, back, though, I've had to like just look at everything uh, and, and look at it. it every, I, I had a doctor on, the Sue Mortar, I talk about it. Her, somebody, she sent, somebody sent me her book, dude, to my P.O. box like four months ago, randomly. and Because uh, I talk about different books on here. And the book, man, got through to me like no other. But one of the big things, takeaway points in it for me was everything that has happened in your life happens for your favor and benefit. If you could believe that, even though negative situations happen, you can actually find the positives much quicker out of them. And everything I have now is because of the way everything happened all creatively for that. That drove me to start looking outside the box and branching out and learning about money and stocks and investments and business that had everything maybe gone like smooth, like butter for me back then. And I made millions and millions of dollars. Granted, I know my mind, I think it all still happens, but for whatever reason, it this it kind of lit a fire under my ass for my this other stuff, and then with the way the injuries and everything all happened, and I look at it, I was like, man, what a great! I learned so many valuable lessons during that period, and I I agree with you. And for me, and, and I appreciate the kind words because I've taken a lot of shit from certain people that that don't believe things and said like because I was there as well and and heard things and knew financially what was going on, and that was. From a wrestler standpoint, really tough to swallow that. He's coming back from the ankle injury and button heads with, with the with the company and knowing why everything was going on to begin with and, and having that rug pulled out time and time again. It was the hardest thing in the world to get there, but it was like it made me stronger at the end of the day. So now I appreciate it. But back then, man, I always tried to find yeah, the positives. I, it was tough yeah, though. I, yeah, I always I always think of the good times. I really don't I don't think of it. And also there's bad times in everything where you're trying your best and yeah. you're competing against guys. There's always going to be hard times. It's, it's not always going to be pretty. You know, you're going to have great moments. You're going to have tough moments. But if you can use those moments to help you when the next time you're facing a situation, then you've learned from it. Yep. And that bad moment becomes a valuable tool. Absolutely. And like when, like I said, I was over at TNA and I was fine and I had redefined myself, which I thought was great. And yep. I was, you know, back to being a powerhouse and worker and having fun again in the ring and doing my own thing. And at the same time, I was like, there's more to me than just like this. I'm the funniest guy in the locker room for yeah. a reason. And I need to start take, take a chance and step out. And that's when I started doing like stand up at clubs. And I started talking about politics and stuff and just saying whatever the hell I wanted to. Yeah. And I love it. You put it out there. People hear it. Yep. And you know, if you would have told me that I would be sitting on Fox news every Saturday night with the number one show on cable news TV and my own show and being 
uh, asked to step in on these other landmark shows, and I haven't had to really change anything about myself. I'm, I'm never given a script, and I just think it's – I've never asked to say anything for a certain cause. Like, they're like, you are who you are, and we wouldn't change that for anything. Yep. So you you look at it. But then when adversity does hit, I can, I've literally been in situations where something didn't go right or – Something went down, and I literally laughed. I said, well, at least I didn't scratch the match. And, you know, guys don't get it because they're not wrestling. Yeah. So uh, entertainers are very sensitive and stuff. And I'm like, bro, you, this is nothing. (laughs) Trust me, this is nothing. Yeah. With the wrestling, too, though, you can get pigeonholed. And this happens to a lot of guys, I think. Our generation's a little different, and, and things evolve. But that was my reason for doing this show. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I started. I just wanted to tie everything together business wise. But I wanted people to know my real personality, and I think you're very similar in that. But sometimes in wrestling, we can get you can get defined by who your character is, and you start believing what people think about you based off the roles that you play, and it could really pigeonhole yeah. you in life. Where I think, and and we've seen it time and time again. And I always said, pro wrestling is great as it is, and it does prepare us for so many things. It doesn't necessarily translate into getting jobs in other places because people, it no. used to be frowned upon a lot more, I think, than even now than it is. But Well, it, at, one, at one time, you were better off being a porn star than a wrestler. Yeah, to get acting <laughs> it's job. a good point. <laughs> 100%. Yep. You know, even with the, the number one actor in the world is a wrestler. Yeah. Like, hands down, The Rock is Hollywood. Yep. He has his own production company. He doesn't even need Hollywood. He is Hollywood. He's his own entity. Stars yeah. come to be in his movies now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. he doesn't audition for shit. You know, like, no. that's who he is. Yeah. Cena it, has made a niche of him for himself as becoming uh, this comedic. Like, he's a, he, every movie he's in, he's, he's, if he's not the main guy, he's a memorable character. And now, absolutely. He's starting to make that transition. Uh, I thought he had a great performance in uh, Bumblebee, and I'm like, here's a guy that he made it to a certain point in wrestling, and he was very much typecast. You know, he either yeah. played the closet gay guy or the roid head. You know what I'm saying? And he's he's stretched out, and he's becoming he's becoming this other stuff. But then you look at this other level of guy, other level of guys. We didn't necessarily. If you have a great platform, if you've made millions of dollars in anything, and you are featured, and you have the WWE universe, your household name, it's a little easier to transition into other things yeah. when you have the money to do it and the people behind you that want to be behind you. So I kind of like rock and Cena are kind of in my word, I kind of expected them, I expect them to be able to be successful outside of wrestling. Yeah. Then there's this other tier of guys who had moments in the sun. Yeah. I had a great moment in the sun. You had a moment in the sun there at Dolph Ziggler. There's guys who were like, who've made a name for themselves in the wrestling business, maybe didn't reach the potential they were supposed to, but again, it's not the NFL. It's up to a guy with a pen. Yeah. So it's a little different sometimes. And we, we even forget that shit, but to step out of that. And in some cases, shamefully to be quote fired, yeah. uh, released good luck with your future endeavors. And it's almost a backhanded comment. They yeah. like, fuck you. See you, see you in three years when you're backstage asking for a dark match, bro. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's what it, we've seen that. Absolutely. We've been to the shows where we're walking and you've seen the guy who used to be on TV humbly hoping, and I always, John Laronitis, because that's who my guy was, hoping to catch three seconds with him, with John to say, 
Hey, can I get a tryout? Yep. Hey, can I get a dark match? Or hey, uh, you know, I clean. I, I you know, and and you feel for them because they don't have time. It's Monday Night Raw. They got a million things going on. Yeah. And if the guy gets, oh yeah, hey kid, I'll talk to you later. That's enough for him to at least have some dignity. Then there's the other guys who he just keeps moving. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So there's that level of, of guys who yourself, myself, Stu, when you look at guys who have crossed over, and I don't want to say without the help of the WWE, but basically you're on your own. Yeah. You know, it's different and for us. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's not. I love my time in the WWE. I love the fact Same. that I'm a WWE alumni. I would, at one point, I'd like to go back and retire where I began, you know, but I'm not ready to retire yet. I've just no. been busy. But, um, and that brings me to something at some point, you and I need to have a little talk, bruh. Uh, <laughs> you and me have unfinished business, but I'll get into that later. Yes, yes. But, um, but when you look at the guys who had to kind of start from scratch, who are dealing with, you're not the rock. You're not Batista, mm -hmm. you know, you're not Cena, you make a niche for yourself. And then all of a sudden your new persona is almost bigger than who you were in the WWE. Yeah. And you got to take steps back and it takes betting on yourself though. And I, like I said, you got to yeah. have patience and it's being consistent. And my injuries is what drove me. I never, I wanted to do all this while I was there. I never wanted to leave, but, but I, I had to walk away. I knew otherwise I would have had to retire within a matter of months. With yeah. Your situation was a little different. I was basically said, we, at one point we love you forever. Yeah. And then it was, you know what? It's time for us both to move on. But we're in the and same boat though. So once we leave, it's the but, same boat though. Like we're all on our own on this. It's not, there's not yeah. in opportunities there that maybe we didn't get that we should have gotten that, that didn't get passed on to us. We don't have that in our resume. Now we just have what we had when we were there. We all or played our roles to perfection. Uh, everything asked of us and we all made different levels, certain levels of money enough to where when we left though, or however we left, we end up, you're on your own. And like, it, and that's what I was going to ask you, like leaving too, for you, if that was tough, because I found for me, it, it took me a good year to probably calm down from being off the road and being in that mentality of go, 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 go. But like working for yourself or like being self-motivating, it's such a different thing than working when you're working in WWE. Cause you're told everything to do there essentially where to right. go, what to, you you're out of the schedule. You just kind of fall into the schedule and you're always going everybody there no matter what level you're at, you, you turn into a machine essentially. But when you leave there, I find, and I know for me, I realized, I was like, there's nobody telling me to get up, where to go. And I was like, all my success now completely falls on me. And, and you have to be self-motivated to, to make it outside of there, I believe. And more importantly, all your failures now yours, you no longer yeah. can blame the writer. Nope. You can no longer blame the agent. Like, you know, and I think I was pretty good at owning when I had a bad match or when I made a bad decision or didn't have a great promo. But there is also a certain thing where, because people, you can't hide. You can't hide. I can't hide. Nope. I go to the supermarket. There's someone who wants to know what happened to Brodus Clay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's somebody who wants, you know, you know, like, what's going on with Tyrus and Impact? I was lucky in a sense to where when I left, when I was, uh, when I was let go from the WWE, the next, the very next day, I got a phone call from Impact. Like, yeah. yo, as soon as you're 90 days, or we want you. But at the same time, Impact was not. Impact was just basically we all policed ourselves. Yeah. I mean, they. I mean, there was, there was literally it's a jailhouse. You can do whatever you want. Um, is it tough for you too, though, when you go out? Broad is getting recognized like that because you can't hide, like you said. And I found for me, no, I can't. I can't. It was just I'd wear a hat forward. I'd wear a hoodie. Didn't matter where I went. You're um, too big. Yeah. Just it just. 
too big. And at the same time, there was a lot of people were like, they didn't understand the release. No. Like why? Like, you know, like same here. What the fuck? Why? You know? And I wasn't big on talking about it. It sucks because it reminds you constantly when you don't want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. My dream was to be in the WWE. My dream was to be a worker. Uh, I wanted to be a life guy. I wanted to wrestle and then get behind the can, you know, and do those things. So I didn't really have a plan B Yeah. in terms of like, this is what I was going to do. And I was good at what I did. So that was that. So when I got to impact and I was like, they're like, listen, we're going to do the same thing. And I was like, no, fuck that. I'm reinventing myself. Yeah. I'm going back to what got me in the game and FCW. And my name is Tyrus and I don't give a fuck. And yep. put me wherever you want. All I want to work is be menacing and just do my thing and get back to being a wrestler. And, it you know it worked, but at the same time, wasn't wasn't WWE money. No, TNA no. just didn't have the ability. You made good money, but not like you couldn't have a year like you could have in the WWE. No, it's not the you same thing. Do it. There's only no. one. WWE, so I started yeah. thinking I got to make I got to make money. Yep. So I you know I was doing movie auditions and stuff, and you get typed. But I was able to like if they gave me a lot, and this is what this is what you you will understand this. Perfect example, preacher, right? Audition for preacher. I get the role. There's no lines. Yeah. Hellgard don't say shit. Nope. Initially, but because of our work ethic, me with my comedy and my one-liners and stuff, the director's like, "Hey, can you say my facial expressions?" It was like, "Hey, oh shit, you know what?" He rolls his eyes while she's talking. What if he said this? Yep. Next thing you know, your guy has a script. Next thing you know, you're extended two or three episodes because the worker in you, they give you less and you make it more yeah and that's when i realized like you know what i couldn't be doing this shit if i didn't if i didn't have that time in fcw if i didn't have the time in the wwe if i didn't have a hey your match was seven minutes you got three minutes what do you, what do you got yep. you know where you look at it like man my mask got cut bullshit now it's like that shit prepared me for that where i'm at right now and you and get opportunities based company. off of your character and your personality yeah. where so that could actually hold you back in the other environment. And that one, it gets you rewarded. Yeah. And then the same thing with the Guffield show. I'm like, bro, just you let, I'm the anchor. I could have a million ideas of what I want to say. I got to wait for four other educated people to talk. And then it's my job to bring it home because how many house shows you go out there and you plan one thing, but they're all of a sudden they're popping on a, on a figure four leg lock. So like, let's stay. Yeah. Forget the hurricane run finish. Let's yep. stay. Let's do it this way. Uh, that improv stuff has helped me tremendously. And to rise to the level that I've risen at Fox News is crazy. Like, I interviewed, like, it was great. I interviewed Glenn, Mr. Jacobs, yep. Kane, about and it's coming him. on my show, Nuff Set. And he was so proud of me for what you don't realize that we carry a banner for the guys that come after us yeah. and before us. And he's like, what you're doing for, for wrestlers is I'm so proud of you. You know what I'm saying? And you don't think about that because we get caught up in our Doing own, our own shit, thing. You know yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, I got to put food on the table. I got to make money. It paves and the way though, for I guys grow, to know they have an opportunity to, to, cause we all get stuck in that bubble. You give people hope that there's life after WWE, which before it was always hearing sad cases of guys losing their money or what money they had or sad story after sad story with the injuries. And now there's like a group of guys going out and fucking winning and I th- and all in their own way. I mean, and it's awesome. Wade Barrett is becoming an action hero in, yep. in, in the UK on his own, you know, uh, you, 
Yep, Dolph Ziggler is like every time I turn around, he's doing stand up somewhere. Yep, I, I, he's doing political stuff on Fox News. He's everywhere. Um, he's doing well. Like uh, even Layfield, who he and I didn't. He, I don't. He always wasn't the coolest to me when I was there, and we've we've had big we've guy had he... words backstage, right? But he's come on my show and he's telling me I'm proud of him, you know. And sometimes when people say they're proud of you. You're almost like, yeah, fuck you, man. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I get it. I'm, yeah, whatever. But it was more a thing of like a respect thing and being able to talk wrestling school uh, stories and stuff like that, and and uh, like a mutual respect felt good in the sense where, like, hey, I think I was wrong about you. Yeah, when you I get stereotyped, right, I feel know. like I do too, because people just look at you and don't assume there's yeah. anything going on in there, and it, it's the complete opposite. No, and it's yeah, or they're like, hey, call my mama. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yep. You fuck serious, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they, they, And I'm not ashamed of that. I love my character. Testament to how well you played that character. Title, so they gave me, and I took the opportunity, what they threw at me, and I made it I made it work. Did it what I wanted to do? No. I mean, you yourself, like I said, I, Skip Sheffield was everyone's <laughs> best friend. I've had eight children. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. That, that's the difference. I think that we right we, can, we play our roles as great as we can. That's and that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. But it's not fake in the sense each role is a part of us. Yeah, absolutely. But once Ryback became Ryback became this monster, everyone forgot. Even though they all they had to do was go on YouTube. Yep. To see you <laughs> positively reinforcing people, they forgot about it real quick. Yeah. He's a lone wolf. He's antisocial. He's Dangerous, hates everybody. That character became to who you were. Yeah. So you couldn't possibly do a podcast. Ryback don't talk to people. No. Yeah. It was. You know. Yep. Like he drives by himself. Yes. He wears leather jackets <laughs> in the summertime. This guy, he's the worst. You know what I'm saying? He's the, he lives in the Fortress of Solitude in Vegas, many many miles away from the Strip because he hates people. Yes. Like that. <laughs> you summed me up pretty fucking good right there, bro. Just <laughs> But that's not who you are. Yeah. You know, like, but, and also, they don't deserve to get everything that you are. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, that's yeah. ours. That's a locker room. Yep. Your, your dry sense of humor, your feud with Daniel Bryant was like one of the best locker room feuds ever. <laughs> like, you guys, uh. just, I'm just saying, like, everyone thought they would one up you, and then you would always come with a great, great like lone wolf saying or something like that we all had our own niche or whatever yeah and it was a great group of guys who who like a lot I, of fun I, when they asked you like what was your favorite part of being the wwe and i'm like our locker room yeah i miss our lot like there's times i have friends and stuff in entertainment but it's not the same thing and uh recently i had a, a moment where it would have been all over the locker room if we were still in a locker room where i was dealing with like what do you do how do you deal with people that get aggressive with you uh, for working at Fox News because sometimes people think they, they see a couple opinion shows on Fox yeah. and they just say, oh, that's how all Fox News is. You know, you're all super right-wing fucking yep. people who, who hate everybody. And that's not, that's not what Fox News is. That's definitely not what I'm about. But I was like, uh, you know, I said, I give them aggressive compliments. <laughs> like, what? I said, if a guy gets in my face and says, he says something out the side of his mouth, and of course, like, what'd you say to me? And at that point, I've engaged. Yes. Now the now the not so nice guys coming out of me. Brodus is coming. Now in the past, I could have bread boxed him for kids at home that's punching the motherfucker <laughs> in the stomach, or and make it look like an accident, or ag aggressively approach him 
and be like, what'd you say to me, man? Daring him to repeat himself again. Yeah. Or once he has repeated himself, he has now signed the consent for an ass whipping. Absolutely. Which entails me getting sued. Yeah. Different ball game now. Yeah. yeah, And say, what did you say to me? And he, I said, I wish you didn't work at Fox news. And then you look at him, you go, good day, sir. (laughs) Walk away. He's terrified because you screamed at him. Yeah. But because I said, good day, sir. He can't even tell on me the news reporter. Yep. What happened? Well, Tyrus got in my face and he said, good day, uh, loudly, aggressively. But it was still a compliment. He called you, sir. So, But that would have been all over our locker room. We would have been good day, sirring everybody. Uh, man, I loved the locker room as out. far as hanging out at TVs. Like I did drive alone and did all that. But I actually enjoyed, no matter what was going on, I think all of it, finding laughter and the guys that can make you laugh in those locker rooms with when there's the shit times or just the shit schedules is... It's all those. Those are the memories I I remember most and miss, like being yeah, around the guys that you enjoyed. Everyone picked each other up. Yeah, you know, I remember when my mask got cut at Mania, and I was devastated because that was supposed to be my coming out party. Yeah, and uh, I remember sitting there. I think it was uh, Daniel Bryan goes, "Well, at least no one blew a spot." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. What was that was like for you, man? Uh, I can't even imagine that. The, the, um, that was like missing the Super Bowl and you couldn't find your helmet. You guys were in Gorilla. That, yeah. And, um, and I can honestly say that Mr. McMahon and Cena and everybody that was going on before me, they literally did everything they could. So it was, it's just Taker and Punk went 15 minutes over. There was, yeah. I mean. Did those I guys apologize to you guys by chance or no? Out of curiosity. Taker? No, Taker never did. Um. But his his and I relationship was always kind of like not great anyway. Big big guy. Like now it's, that I see him back in the, <laughs> it's not even heat. Like I, now that I see he's back in the ring, I'm literally like, bruh, instead of wrestling other old guys, how about the guy you diss? Because that ass whipping would be ferocious until it was time to put him over. Of course, I'm not stupid. He's the Undertaker, yeah. but he would have to earn it. Yeah. Um. But uh, Punk Punk did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Punk was like even offered. Punk also even offered to monetarily pay me. Wow. Um, for what happened. And uh, I said, no, thank you. But that's. That's cool. Punk I didn't know that. A good guy. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, and there was no reason. No reason. Yeah. What are you going to not going to tweet that out? Yeah. Or something. Like Punk did a lot of things for me. Uh, there was when me and him had that match and they wanted him to bury me and say all these bad things about me. Like I had a choice in my character. Uh, they wanted him to bury the character and he refused to do it. Yeah. And he actually gave me a good seven, eight minute match. Uh, when it was supposed to be like all one-sided or whatever. And, yep. you know, I remember getting a lot of high praises after that match. And that thing wouldn't have happened if Punk did what, you know, hey, duck my line, yeah. reverse deal, hit the Cobra, good night. You know what I'm saying? So I always hold a certain fond- fondness with Punk. And like I said, his his feud with them was a situation that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, but there was, like I said, I try to focus more on that. But, yeah, that, and that changed for me. I don't think I was ever the same. I look back at it. I definitely should have handled it more professionally, but I was just crushed. You're because all in I at that point though. It's tough though. Cause emotionally, like I said, we all put everything into, to well, make what that meant. Yeah. You know, I knew that go, going, cause I was going up and that was going to project me going into the new year. in my heel situation yeah. where I come off the wind. I get cocky and arrogant since I was, he was leaning towards, life after wrestling yep. and he had literally nothing left to prove. I mean, the man's yeah. a hall of famer and he's great, a great guy too. Yeah. He has great mind for the game and he's going to be, a, and he's a tremendous trainer. 
Um, so he was kind of planning on, and I knew it was coming. So, and, uh, life with the girls just was becoming just a little bit too much. So nothing against them, you know, uh, yep. I love Trin to death. And Cameron and I, have, we've come a long way now, uh, wish her nothing but success. But, uh, at that time that was, and not having that. And then the frustration of Monday night raw with blown entrance and stuff. Yeah. I just wasn't, I felt betrayed by everyone trusted. Yep. No one. I don't think I smiled at work anymore. And, no, it, uh, it, that can be lost quick there. Yeah, and I just didn't, you know, and I was, there was moments when it looked like things were going to turn around, and then they wouldn't, and, you know, some of that, my attitude sucked, because yeah. I was just, I felt raw. Well, once that and ball starts rolling, though, too, and it happens to everybody, I've seen it happen to guys right off the bat, where they get the bad attitude, once that, and it, it's not that the guys have a bad attitude, I think it, it different circumstances and what I think injuries and different things is like for me, I remember King used to always tell me, he, he goes, every time I see you, you got a big ass smile on your face walking down the hallway. And I just said, man, I go, I've always wanted to work here. And I'm, I'm, it's I'm, like, this lasted for years, even with all the shit, I always tried to be happy. And then once my body started giving up on me and I started getting these injuries and I didn't know what was wrong, but it just started wearing on me. I just remember I wasn't smiling as much. And then towards the end, I was absolutely miserable, which is how I knew I had to get out of there. But for that, but it sets in at different points for guys. And it's not that you're bad of a bad attitude. I think it's a culmination of a lot of different things. And then the creative aspect. You're just disappointed. Yeah. You just, you want to do more. Yep. You want to do well. And pay you, fluctuates too you when you're not used well. It, it, oh, you don't make any money. And that's what people don't understand. I, which is, my, I, I wasn't making money. Yeah. Because I had out-earned my contract. And that was one of my things when I wrote the pay thing, and where I, and I took some shit from that from people that are clueless, but it was it was not that everyone needs to make equal money. The pay structure needs to be rebalanced for the jobs that people are doing uh, because the guys, to me, that's the big problem with pro wrestling in, in WWE in particular is that it, I think guys wouldn't have – I think creatively – Creative would be a much smoother process for a lot a lot of people if that pay structure was rebalanced a little better. The big problem is is you go out, you do what you're told. Even you could be working harder than you were, and, and I saw it firsthand. My pay got cut more than in half when I was doing double the amount of work and time, and, and it, it's a tough fucking pill to swallow. And I also it, think that doing a favor should give you more money. Yeah, because you're not getting the merch and you're, you're – identity is being labeled in real life by a lot of people. Yeah. And here's the thing. When you're six, eight, three fifty, every time you lose, it's, it hurts you a lot more. And when the little guys lose, he did his best. The big guy lose. I mean, every time show would lose, he would just get murdered. Yeah. I'd be like, that's so unfair. Like he just worked his ass off. Mark Henry, if he lost, yep, be murdered, you know, it's like the, and so I told him like back in the day where they, like Big John Stud and King Kong Bundy, all those guys, they protected. They always lost by DQs. The only time they ever got pinned was by a champion uh, in a main event. Yeah. Andre didn't lose for 20 years. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And even when he did, it took, you know, it took a, a body slam hurt around the world. Guys were protected to where they mattered. Well, you could have, I mean, you had some nights where Big Show would come out and get jobs. Yeah. Here's the biggest guy plan, and it's still, it's still the spectacle. Yep. Once Big Show loses, we're all us big guys who are a little smaller than him or fuck. Yeah. Because show, honestly, big show should never lose. Nope. Unless it's like putting somebody on a special plan. moment. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like even like Taker's streak show should have had a streak and shows show is one of the most humblest guys. He, he would, he would literally start arguing with me like, Oh bro, just stop it. Stop it. Yeah. You know, like whatever, whatever. 
uh, because he wanted to work because he loved the business so much. Yep. But and I'm not I'm not placing blame on anyone. This is just my opinion as far as when I look at creatively why big guys matter so long. And when I think of you, I always think of like um, you know like uh, Kushner when he was United States champion. Yeah. I was Koloff when the big he had the, the sickle. It was the most dangerous clothes. He hit you with it. Didn't matter who you were with. That was your ass. Yeah. You know, Billy Jack Haynes was the thing. And even Hercules to a smaller extent, they weren't the athletes that you were, but they had that bigger than life build. Yeah. And for someone, some, for someone to, to beat the Ryback, they had to kill him. You know, and if we, it's hard to recover like from that. It is when it's like, but when it happens too often, it, it's every week. So mm-hmm. it's like there's certain things where you're, and you have to, the business has changed. You've got to do favors, and I never cared. And helping putting your one of your buddies over is great. Yep. Uh, it's a good feeling. We weren't, I, no one was selfish like that. It's just when it gets to the point where you know every time you go out there, the crowd likes you less because you're, you're not able to give them anything. You just, you know, oh, you got Well, that too, and your pay, bro, this is a big thing to me is, is Oh, yeah, you start making, you're making, you're making you start so much less money, and it's hard to get Monday. booked on pay-per-views because now it's hard to have storylines because you're losing too yeah. much, and then the less you're used, and then a lot of guys, the old formula was, then you start not getting booked on TVs as much. Now you're not valuable to the company anymore because you've done everything they've asked. Then you get released, and your value is nothing. Yeah. And so that's, that's the... Because that's, they don't... Yeah. yeah. That's my problem with pro wrestling. House shows, you're going to starve. Yeah. Yep. You're going to starve. Like you just, uh, and you start starving and then you're like, Hey, I'll do whatever. Like, what do you need me to do? I'll do whatever you want. I need to make money this week. You know, it, it gets to that. It, it gets to that point. But it, then I look at like, Oh, I could have managed my money better. I could have done this better. I refuse to, like I said, did, did there, there was there times that being in the WWE sucked, but yeah, there's times any jobs. Yeah. There's great so times and bad times with anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I look, and I like I said, I thought I had more good times than bad times, one hundred percent. Yeah, but you're honest but, too. That's uh, why I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, sometimes have a problem with guys who just tell their pers- from their perspective honestly, and that I think a lot of people and they're confident. I think a lot of people don't understand that at times because a lot of people live scared, and you're not one of them. You don't live. Well, not sc- just no, and they're also they want the salacious. They want they want to hear that that Triple H and was the mean motherfucker who buried me on purpose and fucked me over and. He spent all his free time going, how can I fuck Brodus Clay over? Yeah. You know, like, that's not what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what, like, things happen. They make decisions. While you're getting buried, some other guy's getting made. Like, yeah. that's just, you just, you <laughs> just hope that you're on the if right If you're not side. in that inner circle of guys they're using, everybody's the same, and it's not personal. Well, yeah, and it's also a good way to protect yourself to be in a situation where you have another bus crew who dictates when and when they're going to do. Yeah. So, yep. you know, because honestly, I thought Cesaro should have been champ forever. Likewise. I thought he was the complete package. Like, you know, he's one. Of, he's a great technician. Although I remember when he came to uh, uh, Deep South and he worked a match when he had hair, long hair. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was there just learning. I didn't know shit yet. And I saw him and I was like, wow, this guy's going to, this guy's great. Yeah. The momentum he had at WrestleMania where he won that battle Royal and they put Heyman with him. That was his big moment. I thought the crowd was with him louder than ever at that point outside of when he debuted. I thought he, they, they, he had the U S title, but they really didn't do anything. He was losing all the time with it still. And, but when he, that WrestleMania and they put Heyman with him, that to me was the moment for him that I thought they should have pulled the trigger. And I thought Heyman, and as much as I love Paul Heyman, Cesaro's is his promos. He's cool. Yeah, he's smooth. He doesn't need anyone talking for him. He just needs to be when he comes off with that that Austrian style, man. You know, like 
He didn't need anyone. He just needs to win the he big matches. Have, that was it. Say, he doesn't have to say much yeah. to be smooth. Like his, he is an extremely intelligent, very articulate person. And yep. when he talks, people listen. And it's also he's extremely humorous. Yeah, like he just has a way of coming off that you're almost like this guy thinks he's better than me. Yeah, without even saying two or three words. He might be one of the most miscast guys in all of wrestling. Yeah, because he his work alone, he just you can put him in black trunks, and just say go to work. Yeah, and they're gonna hate him because he can work so well. Yep. Uh, but you know, it's just. There's, there, you have all the opinions in the world, and it's, it, it is what it is. Yeah, but, at the end of the day, um, it's somebody else's company, and they decide what they want to do. And somebody then else's that's, call, and it's, it, you do what you do, and, and uh, you know, but speak- I wouldn't be where I was at had I not been at the WWE, and I've learned far more uh, positive lessons from the WWE than negative by far, and some of my closest friends in life uh, have come from the WWE, and so I don't, I love it. I support it. Like I said, if I don't, I think it's great that we have other companies going, but you know, I'll always support where I came from first. Yep. But you know, I think it's great that there's other places for guys to work and stuff like that because it's better for everybody. But I also think wrestling should not be your only paycheck. No, you it doesn't have to be using that vehicle. You should be using that vehicle. Like I waited till I was out. Yeah. Guys need to start doing it while they're in. Well, I know like Seth like, Rollins has his coffee shop now, and there's some guys that are starting to. I think people are starting to figure it out like with, and that was me. Like I wanted to feed me more nutrition. I'd already trademarked feed me more when I was there, and they were hot over that. And I was already wanting to do the feed me more nutrition, and I realized I could trademark feed me more in the dietary supplement uh, sector. And even if WWE had feed me more. I could still use it in dietary supplements and they couldn't do anything about me, but I wanted to do it there. Granted, I had to leave to do it because with everything going on and I think what everyone is doing and our generation, we kind of, everything happened where we kind of all have done it after. I think guys are now starting to get that where, holy shit, I need to use this vehicle with social media and this popularity because we don't know how long it's going to last. Cause I can tell you for a fact, it's a million times harder starting it when you're after rather than when you're there. But oh. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and to, to recreate yourself—it's not easy. Um, and you got to have patience, but it's not easy. You're spot on with that, though. That you do need to take full advantage of that. What every talent when they're there should be thinking business, and not to say and not everyone's going to do that, but that th- there's a huge opportunity no. to to help give yourself a little more chance to have success outside of wrestling, having multiple streams of income, and because that money it, it only does last for a certain period, and it it's not forever. And I just, I think it's a good thing. You're, you're very, very smart on saying that. Well, I, I think it's because we're, it, you have to be so many, you have to wear so many hats to put those trunks on. Yeah. And once you do it at a high level, it's going to be a part of you for the rest of your life. Yep. Like I, at some point I want to retire, but it's going to be on my terms and it's going to be my way. And when I actually retire, it'll be for real. Yeah. Like I won't put the boots on again because I think I'd be doing a disservice to the craft. When's the last uh, time you wrestled? Uh, I wrestled. Uh, I tagged with uh, Robert uh, Strauss, who's in NXT yep. now. Um, I like him. Against David Arquette and his guy. Okay. Um, for House of Hardcore. And um, uh, Bully Ray came up to me and he's like, Why are you still doing this? You don't have to. And I'm like, Are you crazy? Like, I'm not stopping. I'm like, I'm, I'm in my prime, baby. Yeah. Like, why, would I, why would I? Why are you? You're a trainer. You could easily get a job at an agent with any company. 
You know, and, and Bully Ray's a smart guy. Very smart. I mean, he could easily get into politics if he wanted to. Like, he could do whatever the hell he wanted to. He could definitely act if he wanted to. But he chooses to continue to, to work every day yeah. in, in his business. I don't think I don't think a worker ever leaves. I just don't no. think it's possible. Well, that's what... I think at some point you can leave the ring, but yeah. you will never... It's always going to be who you are. If you really cared about... Now, if you just did the shit to get on TV, once you're out the door, you ain't looking back. And Absolutely, I agree. There, are like that, you know, and that's fine. I don't, that's fine. Whatever. I get it. Yeah. I, I completely get it. You wanted to be a movie star, but you you get in the WWE and you have good luck and they use you for a while. And then when it's over, you know what I'm saying? You go back to, you know, trying to do B movies and shit. Hey, whatever, do what you got to do. I, I got no, I got no beef with you. But for those of us who love this shit, it didn't matter whether it was 13 people or 130,000 watching us, you got the same effort. Yeah. Why? because we love it and that's and that's and that's one of the reasons why my beef i got beef with you you got a beef there, with the big guy <laughs> I got, well yeah, from the bigger guy yeah, yeah. First of all, i was waiting for you to all, get that right, in i'll show first of all i will say now i've had a lot of great promos and i've had some great one-liners at fcw and i've me and uh tavita who uh donnie marlowe who's Macho, uh, one yeah. of the great uh warrior gods of uh in uh roh and in, in, uh new japan my old partner i'm um, happy to see him doing him well. and i had some great moments and uh had some big one-liners a big laugh and stuff and a lot of positive like funny stuff i had a lot of positive stuff and a lot of stuff but the greatest promo and i have no and i was one of the kings of promos at fcw like they every week they would look for me i but the greatest promo of all time is skip sheffield and mason ryan it is the greatest <laughs> promo ever. It was subtle. Not everybody got it. I laughed my ass off till I cried. It was big guy heat. I forgot all I about done. this. Oh, how could you? I've tried. Well, I, I brought this. I've tried to push Skip it. Sheffield back because of with becoming Ryback, and I get I got a fan PO box where people still send me Skip Sheffield cards. <laughs> so I. Hey. Just for my own, I just try to keep my identity because I look back at, but it, it's all great memories. I and I thoroughly, it was the most fun I ever had in pro wrestling. What you about six six two six three <laughs> six six? Oh, okay, all right, uh, okay, cool. And then you adjust yourself, take a deep uh, breath. So, uh, what you about uh, uh what but two uh, two fifteen. Uh, two fifty five. Oh, okay. All right. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm dying because you're trying to politely punk him because you're a baby face because he was bigger than you were, but you yes. didn't want to. You and you would refuse to give your numbers until he gave his numbers. Yes. Because you go, I go about, I go about six five, six six, six seven, <laughs> something like that. You know, like right after, it was, it was great. It was the greatest, one of the greatest promos ever. So cleverly done. And uh, I and Mason was so green at the time. You made him look like a million bucks. You actually, because it was a standing ovation, I believe, he was then thrown into the mix to be heavyweight champion. Yeah. <laughs> like he was, his rocket was off and running, and he wasn't ready yet. Yeah, but the Fuck. promo was so great, and oh, it went up you. top. And they're like, "This guy's brilliant." And I'm like, "No, it was Skip, not the okay, fucking whatever." Um, but you, but you put him in. You put you set him up for success, I think, before he was ready because it was so. That's how powerful a promo is. Oh, absolutely! You know what I'm saying we had so much fun doing those yeah, with Dusty down like, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Dusty was great. I, I still miss him. Uh, yeah. He was one of the few 
people I went to for wisdom, uh, even outside of the ring. But, um, but then of course you and I have only had one match. Yes. And we had one match. It was no decision because the undertaker interrupted us. Do you remember this? I don't, I, there's so much I've forgotten Brodus on, on like, when was you this? and I were wrestling in, in clear, I think it was clear water in a giant country, Western bar. So you had advantage. Yes. Um, oh, this was FCW. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you, you had got me up for the over the boulder shoulder holder. And my, uh, partner felt the need that you, I guess he saw you grab the tights. You, you, by some cheating manner, you were able to get me up. And my partner had had enough of that. He had been <laughs> cheating several times in the match. And you know that was the move that fucked up my back, by the way. <laughs> well, because you cheated. And I, I deserve it after that. I had not been off my feet, sir. And um, the taker stole our moment. His music hit. I, we had to leave. He came down. Uh, you weren't sure if he was going to choke slam you or whatever, so you powdered too. Uh, but that's the only, the only other time we were in the ring together was when you ended my tag team championship. I mean, my tag team partner. Me and Tenzai, you were solely responsible for our breakup. You and Axel. For no reason. For no reason, because nothing was going on with me and Axel. (laughs) Yeah, but for some reason, you guys came out. We would have weird moments uh, of getting steam, by the way, just to go into pre-show pay-per-views to lose. We would like we would go over like a new day, like or before new day was like even really a thing with, with uh, Biggie and, and somebody or Kofi and, and I can't remember. There was always just random things, and then we would face like Cody and Goldust in like a series of like five months on pre shows or just going back and forth trading wins and losses, and it was crazy. Period. <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs> oh no, no need, no need. Um, my life was great after me and Tenzai broke up. It was a Roller coaster of victories. Um, <laughs> One thing yeah, I want to ask you before but, uh, I forget was, and this, and not to go off, but I did want to know because I didn't know this. I always thought because we debuted kind of close, didn't we? You, or you it was like within a few months. Yeah. yeah, I always thought because you were doing the killing gimmick before you debuted as Brodus Clay, weren't you? Yeah, we were running videos. I was a collector. Yeah, uh, the House of Pain. I took pieces of my. Um, what I, the story, the, the character that I wrote, I took pieces of, from people and kept it like trophies. I had a, this huge hole in my, I was a, almost a hunter yeah. um, with the ultimate goal, winning the uh, World Heavyweight Championship, uh, the WCW version of it, but going after people and basically having almost a, there was a, a, a part of the arena where it was like, almost like aliens where I kept things from people. And uh, I remember when I, what, what, got me was cracking jokes in the locker room. And uh, I had made the, the old man had laughed and said, I think he's a baby face. Uh, and Triple H was like, no, he's not. He's like, he's a baby. He's funny. We need funny. We got three. All our big guys are mean. We need a guy to be funny. So that's kind of what happened. But I do remember going to you saying, I'm not using this. because I wanted you to do the bolo thing to everybody. Yeah. Where you would hold the guy because you did it so well fucking around yeah where you would have a piece of a guy's stuff and you'd start doing the bolo but it turned into feed me more yep. but like so when they threw the ball at me to switch i just wanted to be on tv i had been in fcw you got to get out of there yeah like, no I, it's, I gotta go it's time so what do you want me to do give me give me a week with uh dusty and i'll, I'll bring you back something so that's where the funkasaurus came from i just wasn't but my stuff was debuting i was working on superstars i had that one match where i threw, and i was doing all these 
crazy power moves. Yep. And uh, I had a, I picked a guy up, did like a front slam, we landed on the stomach, and like all this other kind of stuff. And we had this thing where I scared the shit out of some kids, and I let my hair grow fucked up, so I looked mean, and I was from Planet X and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, the 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 fates had changed, and I went from that where I was on a destined path with Forsina or Orton to the Funkasaurus where I was opening and, and uh, being the guy who uh, maybe a be United States champion or tag team champions with Santino. Uh, but I still wanted to be aggressive when the bell rang. And I think a lot of times I, I pissed the old man off because I wouldn't always follow the plan. So I tried to make it my own. Yeah. But, um, but when, but looking back at it, it was necessary. You couldn't have had feed me more and, the you know Brodus Clay and Kane and Henry. I argue. I argue. Video. The reason why I brought this up is I look back because to me, here's one of the cool things about wrestling. And because I was thinking about this when I was doing some notes for for this, because I remember this, and then you going with the Brodus Clay route, and because I remember they were they were featuring you on those on the vignettes and very serious, and you play that role very very well and believable. Because there's very few people of your stature with that, and and you pull it off really, really well. I always thought that it would have been great, though, if I run my way. Now, I got my whole path got changed when Cena got hurt and I got thrown in with Punk and everything got taken off course. I think it would have been great to have two killers on two separate shows running a month for a year, and then backstage they run into each other leading up to Mania. And there's your fucking match, the two killers. Like, yeah, one hundred should, should yeah. have been Brodus and Ryback uh, instead of Mark Henry and, and Ryback. That would have had uh, interest though in story. That storytelling yeah. for a year, which is is kind Just of to lost. go off in different directions. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. At the time, because tri- Undertaker had great advice, he told me to trip and fall. He said, "You know, you can fall." Because Taker didn't like the idea of me doing the Funkasaurus. He's like, "You, the only guy here who looks the part." Yeah. Because you actually did it in real life. You beat people up for a paycheck. Yep. So you should be doing this. And it was an easy character to do. But my mindset was like, I'm going to make them love me. With the boss asking me to do it, I'm going yeah. to do it. It's all I'm, acting gonna, at the end of the I'm, day. I'm, I'm it's physical acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. Like, most of the guys who play tough guys aren't really that fucking tough. Yeah. Like they, it's easy to play tough. It's really hard to come out tired maybe a teensy bit hungover. Hi, kids. Yes. Let's fucking dance today. That's hard. <laughs> that takes work. Coming out. And, with and two new girls with you, by the way, too, that are new, yeah, uh, new to the business. Yeah, and always in a good mood. And you're always smiling, and life isn't always happy. Coming out with a mean look on your face like you're going to destroy a human being, I can do that all day. Especially but, in that environment, bro. Just looking at that and knowing this, you yeah. might be the greatest actor of all time. <laughs> yeah, because... Literally, I was the most negative guy in the back. How you living? Bad. What's good? <laughs> Nothing. Like, uh, I was literally Sandow's favorite guy to go to. Big show. When we had, remember we had the thief, the guy, someone who was stealing stuff? Yeah, you know, we, we just talked about that on here a while back. And uh, Big Show gave his speech, and uh, he's like, we all got to stick together. And then as soon as he, he walked out, and I stood up and said, I don't know about you, but I'm looking after me, and that's it. Yep. Like there's no, like there's no, they're like, we're a team. Ain't no I either. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you watch me, you go, you watch yours. I'm gonna watch mine. Like, cause uh, I didn't, I thought it was bullshit anyways, you know? And I, I thought that like somebody had gotten in trouble with his wife and said his ring was stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I think there I was something going on where none of it, I just knew none of it was ended up being real. I don't think at all. It was somebody fucking no, with somebody. It was somebody who was trying to cover up for losing his wedding ring. Yeah. To his wife that it was stolen in the locker room. Yeah. And all of a sudden, 
an iPad was stolen. And I'm like, there's nobody here. Nobody from our thing that was doing that. That's going to steal from each other. We're just, it's not that group. Yeah. And uh, I remember Punk goes, I think I know who it is. I'm going to beat his ass. And I was like, who? (laughs) And he was like, Hornswoggle. I'm like, that's who you're going to be. That makes sense. (laughs) I never heard that. Yeah. He was like that little fucker right there. I'm going to kick his ass. And I just remember looking at him going, you're going to beat up Hornswoggle. All right. Actually, I might want to see that, you know, but I'd pay to see that looking back. That's a pretty, yeah. And you know what? It's a toss up. So, I had to slap uh, little. I had to slap Dylan one time in the locker room in front of everyone because he actually. I always fucked around with him a lot, like joked around. I love him, but he one time did something to me in front of everybody in the locker room that if I would, if yeah. I if I would have let it go, the shit out of him. Yeah, I had to smack the shit out of him in front of everyone. <laughs> well, I punched him in the dick in front of the uh, merch guys one day. I was having a really bad day, and yep. he was with me when I had him and the girls, and I had just we had. Poor Cameron got a DUI and tried to bribe the cop or whatever yeah. everywhere. So we got taken off the road and uh, we got pulled off raw and I was not in a good mood. And he's sitting there at a table with the merch guys, pumpkin, and those guys. And as I walk by, he sings, funk is on a roll. And I just stopped, <laughs> turned and looked back and he had a little smile on his face. Like, what you going to do? There's all witnesses. I walked over. He's sitting in the chair with his little legs up. Punched him in the dick to where he was like, oh, my God, and then flipped the chair over and then turned around and walked off. I think everybody has a story like like this with Hornswoggle because I love the guy, but he could be a real asshole. The only time I felt bad for him was when Big Show messed with him. Yeah. That was the only time because Show went for, it went beyond. Yeah. To the point you're like, just kill him. Yeah. It's cool, bro. It was like Shawshank Redemption where you were just. Morgan Freeman would come on and say, I wish I could say that Dylan fought the good fight. Yeah, but I got to say, Dylan has a hell of a set of balls on him, though. He didn't back to, he would always, he, yeah. he didn't discriminate who he fucked with. He literally would fuck with anybody. He knew, though, he was going to get his I ass think, beat. Yeah, I think he thought we wouldn't do it. That Yeah, he thought wrong he thought many times. He thought wrong, yeah. That day he said it to me. I was like, I literally was like, I can't punch him in the face. He is funny, though. He's gotten me many times on little one-liners, and I was like, that's good. Like, he's... Yeah, oh yeah, he he he's fucked me over many a times on house shows, telling the wrong city and stuff. Like he's, <laughs> but he's a good dude, he's a great dad. Yeah, uh, he's he's a good person, but yeah, he is a real pain in the ass. But I, I think that was just kind of his gimmick. Yeah, I think that was his way of living on the road. What's your relationship you know, with WWE our, now? Do you still do you still have a relationship with them? Yeah, I would say like I like uh, I still get happy birthdays from Mark Carano, which is kind of checking on me. Um, there was an opportunity. Uh, there was some interest in me possibly coming back when I left, uh, when I got out of my TNA contract. Okay. Um, I know uh, Kurt Angle was really like, hey, you need to think about it or whatever. Um, and then I had to do uh, a shot of a film. And then I got really busy at, at uh, Fox. And then I was just kind of like the, waiting for the timing to be right. And I wanted to be at my, at my top. I just didn't feel like the timing was right. And because I have a, uh, I have a non-exclusive deal with Fox News. Yeah. But because I'm with Fox uh, and USA is, I think, what is it, ABC? Or they're, they're not, they ABC, don't, yeah, they don't like work Fox together. Sports. That's for sure, right? Yeah, they don't really go well. So it was kind of more of just like a, it didn't get like, it didn't become a very super serious conversation. Yeah. But with SmackDown coming to Fox and stuff, there has been like, hey, what, you know, if 
we might have to do some sort of something or whatever. So, You'd be I mean, great I'm, for not even I'm wrestling if you didn't want, but being on, because they're going to do the, the talk show on Fox, I believe, too. Yeah, so, I mean, now that there's a relationship there, um, I've been asked to do commentary at several different places. I'm just not ready to do that. Yeah. I'm still, you still yeah, uh, got your training boots. like a monster, yep. and I'm just waiting for the time right to make a big return. And uh, one of the things, uh, the reason why I did this was uh, I'm really, really, really focused on your health. Yeah. Uh, I want to know when you're healed in 100% because we have unfinished business. Oh, yeah. I have I, I, I have to know. No, my thing because is, my goal is to go, and so, and I've been, I've documented all this with everyone, and it's probably not been for the best for my career to actually document my, because when I first left, I didn't, so I left because I was hurt. My back was so bad. My but last two years there, they were giving me Toradol every night, and between injections and pills, and injecting my shoulder multiple times a year in the joint with cortisone, uh, along with some other stuff, and... I, my body was deteriorating, and I was doing that backpack stunner on almost every live event, and I didn't put it together that I had compressed my my five L one two three four and five, but and I was unhappy over multiple things going on, anyways. But I I tell people this, like when I left, the reason why I ultimately I had many discussions with Hunter and Vince is Mark Carano threatened me and told me I wanted my contract to run out, and I being there my whole life, that was told we're going to job you out, pull you off TV, and fire you. Right then and there, I just said, no, you're not, and I fucked this, and when I saw when I didn't sign the new contract, and they put me on the pre-show twice with Kalisto, and I'll put him over all day long, I love the guy, he's very talented, great, I knew I had to get out of there, but I went and got MRIs, I thought my back and shoulder would heal on their own in the the first few months I left, dude, I turned into a 95-year-old man, and then on top of that, I go get MRIs, and I'm told I need a five-disc fusion and shoulder replacement by different doctors, and that... Now I have all these bookings. I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on my supplement line. I'm like, this window of opportunity for the money is only going to be a couple of years with the, on the indies for great, great money. And with that, when, and I don't want to be spending fucking my own money off these years until I know this stuff is fucking bringing in revenue. My doctor, I found a stem cell guy, though, didn't go with the surgeries. Against his advice, I wrestled the whole time, all fucked up, and just tried not to kill myself. And whatnot, but luckily, dude, the stem cells. I've had over twelve procedures now. My back is all better. They've regrown my disc and my shoulder. I'm almost. They, they said I should get my cartilage back anywhere between forty to fifty percent, hopefully, from this procedure, which will be more than good enough to not have any problems. But the shoulder, I could wrestle with. The back was the main issue, and then I'll, I'll get another round of stem cells probably at some point in my shoulder. But the goal is for me to go back in 2020. I, I got some. I'm doing indie bookings starting in November. Again and uh, yeah, because and I tell people it's I want to see how I feel because I got to be I've had to be very patient. Oh with yeah, this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It I'm was really game over for me. Understand. People don't know that, and it hurt me by talking about it openly because I think people think, oh, this guy's fucked forever. And it was like, no, I, I just it's going to take fucking years to get better from this. Whereas otherwise, it was my career was over. So I would say early twenty twenty, and and I have. I, I know in my head what I want to do, and then I got I got to see how things go because this podcast and the supplement line are are staying with me regardless. So I need to be able to yeah, do these full time yeah. on the road. And I don't do that. That was what I was going to ask you. What is man? I get getting out of that bubble. I don't know if I ever want to go back full time now that I don't well, have to. I'm cut. I think um, I know Kurt when he went back originally it was part time, and then he ended up going full time working. House shows are great. I love uh, house shows. I kind of yeah. still live that life because with I live in Louisiana, 
and I work in New York. So I yeah. still fly out for TVs every week. Uh, so the lifestyle, and I still, and I train. So you're still uh, traveling, so it's not that big of a deal to you. Yeah, I still travel. Yeah. It's just a little different now. You know, yep. I, just, I still lift heavy and stuff, and uh, I'm still with uh, Rob and Hard Knock South. I'm actually going on 10 years with those guys, Fuck. which is crazy. You know, he's doing well. I, I got my little emoji app wherever I go. But um, I still, again, you know, it's crazy. We don't, here's the thing about, I love about you. I cannot talk to you for five years and then talk to you once. And it's like, I talked to you yesterday. Uh, and I always you. love that about you because that's kind of how our personalities are. Where yeah. We're not an everyday hangout kind of guy, but then when we get together, it's nothing but love. But I would be remiss if I did not discuss our bench situation. I have this in my Hard notes. I knew down. you were going to bring this up. <laughs> uh, but not because not because the 505 beat the 502. That's great. Uh, whatever. Your speech is still something that I use when I'm dealing with somebody, when they ask me if I'm having a bad day or I don't like somebody. And I will still use, I will still quote you and I give you credit for it. But when you said, when they asked you, how does it feel? And you said, I really feel like uh, he came into my house. He uh, he had an affair with my wife. Uh, my, and he raised my children under his morals. And it's still the greatest. Like, that's how I'm feeling right now. I forget. Oh, going. my God. This is, was I, because you the went in. Speech. Can you give a background on this? The Because I went into the Cena's gym, and I wasn't in there horribly long, but I wanted to just get on the wall. I walked in, and I got one day, yeah. and I got on the bench. I think I wanted to. 500 or 502 and and that was it 502. yeah and then rob they released me and i went on my way and i was out of there and and that was my story but when i had my broken ankle and with the nexus injury is this when you went in and went and beat my record <laughs> i said how much does he have there's like 502 put 503 on there and they put 505 on there and i did it and immediately called to let you know and that's when you gave the speech like, how do you feel right now? Well, I feel like you broke into my house. I did a voice uh, thing, a voicemail, right? Or one of the voice messages? Yeah, it was yes. a great voice message. Uh, it was played, agnosium, guys are falling on the ground. But to this day, <laughs> when I tell someone, I feel like you broke in my house and you raised my children under your religion and your moral code, uh, <laughs> is basically saying, like, who d I mean, think about that. Behind your back while you're working. This man is While I'm laid up in bed with a broken leg and ankle trying to fucking figure yeah. out how to walk again, you just go in and smash yeah. my bench press record and then call me immediately yeah, to no tell me about reason. it. Immediately. Like, didn't even ask how you were doing. And no. then you gave that great, that great speech. And to this day, like, when I tell somebody you're raising my children under their, your moral code, that's still quite lowest thing that anyone could possibly do. Yes, it fucked up. So, uh, you know, and then... The only other, the only other great time was when uh, we were crushing apples in the locker room. Yes, the big show was trying to crush the apple, and everyone was trying to crush the apple, and I was just sitting there watching them. And I said, "Give me the damn apple," and I just crushed it. And you, and you waited because of who you are. I'm walking down the hallway, and you, out of the shadows, you in the shadows, Brodus, come here. How long have you been crushing apples like that? I said, I don't know. I've always been able to do it. Why did you keep this power from me? It's like, what? What the fuck is wrong with you? You're like, is it, is it, are you cheating? I said, no, you just put your fingers and you squeeze. You're like, that, just like that? I was like, yeah. All right. Uh, have the decency not tell them when we talk. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with Ryback? You know, and, you know, because big, big show was like, oh, my thumb is dislocated in five places. I'm like, just give me the fucking apple. 
boom. Uh, and because uh, I used to do it as like just fuck with people and grip strength is grip strength. And yeah, you but you know sold it in the locker room. You're like, oh, nice for you. You crushed an apple. Good for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and then waited for me to then you pull me aside. But the how dare I keep this power from you? I actually we, went we through. I'm lot. responsible for a lot of lost apples in catering. I actually because yeah. I. I got good at crushing apples, but I wanted to figure out the get like I the, the, I didn't want to not be able to crush an apple. And then I got Brooklyn Brawler fucking hooked on it, but he would cheat. That motherfucker would dig he his nail, nails and then he'd, he'd dig his nails into it, yeah. Oh, he and then he'd come, hey, hey, Ryback, hey, Ryback, and he'd come in and he'd crush an apple. I'll never forget this. We're in catering one time, all eating, and in fucking Brawler couldn't crush the apple, and I was I was I was giving him a lot of shit. And he fucking, he dug his holes into it and got this apple pre-fucking conditioned to being broken. He comes running into catering. I'm eating with fucking Barrett. And he crushes an apple right over me. The apple goes all over the fucking table, all over our food. And he goes, I fucking did it. I'm going to go tell Vince. And he fucking runs off. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> yeah, because he, he didn't do it. No. Because I used to do it. Uh, I did it when I wanted to scare guys. I didn't want them to bother me. Yeah. Because they would come sit at the table and i just pick an apple up and crush it and be, and then I would stick the apple in peanut butter like that's how I eat <laughs> like, just to just to fuck with people like I take an apple and be like crush and then guys be like holy shit you know but yep. it was a gimmick you know you just it's but yeah brawler ruined it and of course then it got out to where like every time we had anything cool that was the only problem is the old guys would get involved and they would cheat because they're old carny <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know him Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to, I wanted to, to ask you, because you, you shot me a message the other day. Uh, something else we have similar beliefs in, I believe, is uh, shopping carts. Am I the... In the Bruh, oh, the, man, listen, listen, I went off on a young man at Target. That's a scary sight. I was walking, because you you brought my attention to the little things. And yes. I was listening to your thing, and I was like, he's so, he's so <laughs> right. And I was walking... And I just forced a habit, left my cart on the side of my truck, started to walk, and I stopped, and I was like, literally, right back. <laughs> Finish it. Turn, I walk my cart into the thing, and I post it. And I was like, and I started filming every time I put a cart into the, into the thing, right? And somebody wrote, There's no, you left your receipt in the cart, and I, was, I went off on it. <laughs> and the next time I, I go... I go to put the card and there's this little old lady who comes up to me and goes, do you mind taking mine, sir? And I was like, ma'am, I'm going to allow you to half-ass it right now. You need to finish it. We'll lock, <laughs> lock it in together. She was like, oh, okay. And we did it, right? So I'm putting the, the cards in. And somebody says, you know that you're costing people jobs because they hire special needs to get the cards. And by you doing that and making other people doing it, they won't have a job. And I went, moron. They still got to bring them in. Yes. So they don't have to go Ugh. searching and get hit by cars. So having that, I've become obsessed with the carts a little bit to the point where my children fear not putting the cart back for father will lose it and quite possibly not love them as much anymore. I'm telling so you, it is the foundation problem. of success. If you could do the little things like that and finish it, that... I believe, and somebody actually had a good point. I think they You're do this 100% in the UK. percent right. It's because those and little things, well, I'm telling you, re-racking weights and fucking putting back your shopping carts. If you fucking mail it in on that shit, I'm telling you, there's, there's, you're going to mail it in. You mail it in on everything. everything. You are 100% right. 
and I was a slacker, and I, you have brought me back to the light to the point when I see other people slacking, I will, I'm not afraid to confront them because I know my house is in order. Yes. When it comes to shopping carts. That, Brodus, this so makes me very happy. This young, this young man, instead of walking 10 feet to the, to the, the cart receptacle, he went the other way and pushed it to an open spot. And I was like, young man, excuse me. <laughs> Where did that cart go? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I was, I said, no, no, no. You need to apologize to yourself. Yes. Because you being a half-assed, lazy human being right now, the effort that it took you to avoid responsibility, you could have done it and been back three times by now. You take that cart, you finish what you started, you put it where it belongs, you go about your day. And if you continue to do the little things, you will have great things. You know, yes. uh, that, and that's yes, the right sir. way to do it because are, are you can't you, yell at people, but if you explain yes, it to them, if you can explain it to them like I'm that. excited. Yes. What do you think about this? I'm not a political guy, bro. I don't. But I, somebody would say. You'd be a great leader. You'd be a great senator. Here's, no question. here's my one thing, bro, is if I was running for president, here's all that I have. This is all that I got. I have nothing else outside of this if I'm running. It's the shopping carts. I've heard where you got to put in either a certain amount, whether it's 50 cents or a dollar to get the shopping cart. And you don't get that dollar back unless you return the shopping cart. And all funds raised by all fucking companies go towards the U.S. budget deficit. <laughs> oh, it'd be gone in a year. It's a great call. That's all I got. That's what I'm running on, Brodus. What do you think? What are my chances? <laughs> because that answers every question. Yes. Sir, how do you explain your foreign policy in dealing with Russia and, and voter and voter fraud? Very simple. Just like a shopping cart, I will get it done. I will, if I will ward them out. I'll send them back where they came from, and we won't have to deal with them anymore because I put things away. I get things done. I'm going to instill morals small, from the bottom up, right Brodus. Get it done. Feed me more. <laughs> Good day, sir. And that's it. They can't. They cannot. That's a, you could use that. Listen, a guy said, make America great again with no plan. And it worked. You actually have a plan. I have a plan. You take things. You finish what you start. America, we need to finish what we started. We're going to build a highway. We finish the highway. There'll be no more orange cones everywhere and potholes and no bulldozer in sight because under Ryback, we finish what we start. <laughs> Feed me more. Good day, sir. I mean, I could be your campaign manager. There's no argument we can lose. We can't. Just return to your shopping carts. It, it solves everything. Because it's, 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 a, it's a domino effect. Yes. You get it. You, you get it, Brodus. You shopping carts. Yeah, I get it. You, but I was, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I fell off the path. I was off. We all do. It's okay. I apologize to myself. I apologize to myself. <laughs> I let myself down, my family down, my children down, my ancestors down. I'm better than that because I'm finishing what I started now because literally it's what would Ryback do? Now, the only thing that would crush me is if I ever were to find out Ryback does not put his cart back. No, you'll never That's see that. I can't afford it, Brodus. Scandal of yes. proportions. I have painted myself into a corner. I have to re when I'm at the gym, I've I've seen people message me to tell me they go, just to let you know, we watch you at the, when I go to the LVAC here in town. We watch you working out. We're proud to see you rack your weights back. You do everything that you say. And I, I, I'm that way with the shopping carts. I, I was like, I can never again. The moment that's like that's my big scandal. My where my where my I am ruined. Yeah. If that footage of me not returning a shopping cart ever happens, I'm fucking done, Brodus. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I will. I will tear up all my Ryback isms. You know, because I'm I'm the same way. Man. Feed me more nutrition yeah, goes yeah. under. Conversation with the big guy goes under. I'm fucking. I go into hiding. It's yeah, over. Yeah. But then I will take up the torch. Yes. <laughs> I will take up the torch. I will. Um, I will be listen, America. I know how devastated you are with him not getting shopping carts. And hey, I'll be honest with you. The other day, I finished. I lifted Covington Athletic when I'm not at Hard Knock South in uh, Louisiana. And as I'm coming out, I left 145 on each side. And I stopped, and I was like, damn it, damn it. Turned back around, unloaded my weights, apologized to myself, and then went about my day. You always got to remember, it's because I think we always think that that 145 is okay for everybody because we're so strong. But what if a nice nice old lady is going in there just to to work out, and she wants to throw on a couple fives on there? It's those forty fives are yep. dangerous for her. That's when that that's, that's what, what helped she, yeah, me. She throws out her back, yeah, because of my laziness. And so it's and it's just the little things. It carries over because if you can do it on all that, then it, I find when we uh, the more difficult things in life, we have that that foundation already of of finishing the small things, and it carries over. It's a hundred percent. And plus, me knowing when I get into my giant truck, which is paid for because I work hard, yes. because I don't leave the little details behind me knowing that I'm not going to leave waste that a lesser human being, a puny human being, will not be injured because of my arrogance and my incredible Your selfish strength. strength. My selfish strength. You know, it's like I won't go into the clunking gyms because I know I'm a clunker. Yes. I know that I lift territorial. I lift aggressively. I purposely intimidate while I lift because those are the type of men I train around. Yes. You don't train around silverbacks buybacks, monsters, you don't do those things. So I understand that I like when I'm in there throwing weights, that I have to be respectful for civilians, normal people. And when I don't finish things, I can't just assume that everyone is blessed with the power that we have. And I got to say, you just brought up one another. You just triggered a memory in my brain back to hard knocks. I believe you're one of the only guys, because I remember we used to always have to fucking do the, uh, the farmer's walks with the 150s uh, at the end of yes, the workout. Yes. You're one of the only guys, I think, that was better than me at, at that. It was it was was you, I believe. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Uh, the only other guy who cheated was uh, uh, Titus. Yeah. Because we weren't allowed to wear headphones. Okay. Because you can escape with music. Yes. And get an extra two or three feet going. Titus on. had a hell of a grip, though, though. I will give him that. But I forgot. Yeah, that was, yeah. I knew there was a. Because there were a few of us, but you were the best, I remember at that. And that I fucked. I, yeah, you just, I was the farmer's walk. Was of you were the king of the farmer's of walk, and you beat me on my bench. Yes. And then I've improved on my deadlift and squatting. So I'm, uh, I was, uh, but I'm also, I've become humbler because I no longer call guys like Kevin Kiley. <laughs> you've was you've come a long way. <laughs> I've come a long way because. When I knocked him off the the, 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 the one-ton list, he was going through some personal stuff, and he was like, oh, thank God you called. I'm really nice to hear from a friend. I was like, oh. yeah, I, I just was letting you know uh, that I've knocked you off the one-ton list. I just, he's like, oh, you weren't calling because of, I was oh. like, oh, you're going through some shit? Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. Uh, I'd love to hear it, but I'm in the middle of a set. So oh. I, you back, I just wanted to call you immediately, and he was like, Thanks, man. You know, thanks. By the way, uh, I've been banned from over there. I was like, oh, I didn't know that, too. This is awkward. That's well, great. Well, <laughs> uh, I'll let you go. But, you know, he's a great friend, and I made it up to him when I saw him in California. But, yeah, we need to – I've become more more humble. I think we all do as we, as, we, as we go through life and evolve. 
yeah, you know, there's just certain things. But I, I do want to thank you for humbling me and getting me back on track with in the shopping cart. Again, if people are laughing because they think this is funny, although it probably is, this is a lot of truth in this. And that shopping cart represents a lot of things. Yes, it does. It can represent relationships. It can represent how you take care of yourself. It can represent how you pay your bills on time. It can represent how you raise your children better. Mm-hmm. The shopping cart is a euphemism, although you put that shit back, but it carries on. It does. It, you it get it. That's why I said when you messaged me, I was like, you get it. Because I'm not, I'm not a guy just to randomly compliment somebody. No. I'm always looking for the glass half empty. Yeah. That's just a rule. But that, you've changed my life, and you have, you have re, re-motivated me. I think you're, you were doing better. you were doing you were doing extremely well. That's what we can all help each other and get great things from each other just by keeping an open but mind. But there's still an emptiness and a laziness in there because I found my diet's better. Yep, I'm lifting a lot heavier now. I'm back into like training. Although spending an evening with Lou Ferrigno was even you know helped me get there too. Oh, I'm jealous um, of that. I, I love him. him. Oh, he he's he's phenomenal. I he's he he was a hero as a child yep. on the screen. And he's a hero in real life. Like he was, he was worth every moment uh, of that interview. He just seems like and such a good dude. In the gym with him, he is. He's a good dude, and uh, he's down to earth. And uh, he's. It was. It was awesome. It yeah. was one of those things where, like, I'm fulfilling. When when Fox came to me, and Fox News says, "You want to do a show on, on your terms?" I'm like, "Yeah, here's my list." And they're like, "What? Okay. Uh, uh, anyone else? No. Yep." Do you want a studio? No, I go on the road. I go to them. Yep. Like I walked into to Mr. Ferrigno's gym. That's badass. Sat down two Titans and just had an interview. And, and you know, and uh, Ryback's on the list. So, I mean, like, well, I'm glad I got to do this today with you. No, but thank I, you. I have to come face you. I have to sit down face to face on top of whatever mountain that you do this on. And I'm sure in an undisclosed location in Vegas somewhere. Probably on top of Area 51. Uh, <laughs> I would love that, man. that is. Yes. Uh, just to sit down and just, you know, just two, two brothers in arms that have been neck and neck in the gym. Uh, we both have very similar, like, uh, we're, doing, we're doing big positive things. Yes. So it would be great just to, you know, plus I check on your health, you know, see what's going on, your, your traps still rival mine, you know, just little things. <laughs> I've held it together. I haven't worked out in 20 days, but I still weigh between 285, 290, and I stay. I, I've kept myself throughout. I'm sorry, a- did you say, I'm, was it 265, 250? Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. You, uh, you're still like what, but, uh, 6'1", 5'11", something like that? I wonder if we could find that okay. footage. I need to get that footage. I, want, I would love to post that. I'm going to shoot uh, somebody a message over there to see if they can get me that footage, because they have all that. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll hit up Eric Perez because he knows everybody. Yeah, it's because uh, Eric would know. It's uh, well, WWE still has all the FCW co- footage copyrighted. Every they own all that, so that should be in their yeah. their. I'm uh, sure somebody could get it for you. They could probably they have all that stuff that, digitized now. I could probably get that in an email today if I. But I'll wait yeah, until I this mean, is it's going. A, it's, it's it's not. Uh, I'm not giving it enough justice. It is one of the greatest. <laughs> I now need to see this again. I'm I forgot you. Yeah. It's better than when Magnum T.I. said we're going to get it on like men do uh, at WCW. I'm telling you, it is one of the most cleverly hysterical, takes you a minute for a reason, and then once you embrace what is going on, where you are just sizing up and politely taking apart a rival without him knowing it, is great. 
It's one of the great, and you. Well, thank you. you. Should always, always feel well for that because you will never get enough credit for your cleverness on the mic. But thank it was you, phenomenal, man. man. Absolutely, I phenomenal. appreciate it. And with that, Brodus, I know, I know you're a busy man, and I, I always like to end these though with, um, if you could give one piece of advice to the listeners for things that that has helped you the most in your life. That is to get you to where you are now. That's gotten you to where you are now. What would that be if you had to narrow it down to just one? Never accept no. I love it. Never accept whenever someone tells you no. You don't look the part. You're not good enough. You ain't got it. Never accept no. Yep. No. Spot on with that. I fucking love it. And Brodus, what with your enough said show? Where can people find you now with everything going on? That's on uh, Fox Nation. Uh, but you can, and that's on. Uh, it's a. You got to subscribe to Fox Nation okay. to get uh, that particular show. But the Greg Gutfeld show, the five and the daily briefing, uh, you can check. I'm on there every week. Uh, well, the five, not every week, but the daily briefing every Friday at around 2.30 on Fox News. And then the Greg Gutfeld show every Saturday night uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern on uh, Fox. And then uh, I got some uh, some stand-up comedy dates coming up. And uh, like I said, I got, some, uh, I got my first feature lead role in a comedy. I'm shooting that in November. Awesome. Uh, I got another, I got a football movie I'm starting in September, and then I got a, a biopic that's going to, I think, define my acting career one way or the other, so, and just waiting to get dates on that, so staying busy, uh, tr- and at the same time training, because eventually I will be staring at you in the squared circle so we can settle our business, Yes. and uh, looking to yep. the next, uh, this next year or two will probably be uh, my last two years in the squared circle, wherever that may be, I don't know yet, but I'm definitely going to go out in a blaze of glory. Well, I look forward to it. And you're Tyrus Smash on Instagram, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good deal. Well, thank you very much, buddy. And we'll be right back, guys, after these messages. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback. And I want to tell you guys about this exciting new company I'm working with. Recently, I've been dealing with pain in both my back and shoulder, as you know, and other areas of the body. Recently, I've been doing the stem cell therapy here in the United States, but I decided I wanted to take my recovery up a notch. And that's when I came across a stem cell facility located in Medellin, Colombia, called BioAccelerator. BioAccelerator is the global leader in stem cell therapy. They offer a state-of-the-art medical facility with the ability to treat patients with tens of millions of active adult stem cells to help them recover from injury and major medical complications. BioAccelerator currently offers treatments for a variety of conditions ranging from orthopedic injury, spine and disc injury, chronic pain, ED, and even severe autoimmune disease. BioAccelerator also has something for you men and women out there who are looking to stay in the game and keep yourself looking young and feeling youthful. Ask about their anti-aging and rejuvenation treatments as well. I will be tracking my progress as I go through the treatment, as you guys have seen with BioAccelerator, and giving you, the audience, updates as I heal and overcome these injuries on my journey back to the ring. If you or someone you know suffers from a life of pain or complications due to a major medical condition, join the likes of UFC Hall of Famer Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, WWE stars like Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio, and myself. You can contact BioAccelerator directly, guys. As for my personal friend, David Truitt, he's the one who has reached out to me and helped me from the very beginning. He will help you through the consultation process with the same level of care and expertise as he did for me. Start your path to wellness and become a BioX man or BioX woman today at www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves. That's BioAccelerator, 
B-I-O-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R, www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reefs. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good pizzas and enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. All right, we're back. We got Raj Geary here with Wrestling Inc. with this week's wrestling report. What's going on? Uh, a lot, man. It's been a crazy, it's been a crazy uh, last week here. Uh, how about yourself? Doing well, healing, running business, just keeping a positive mental attitude here as I continue to feel better. So no back pain. That is good. The back pain is completely gone. And it's uh, we're 20 days in on the stem cells or 20, about three weeks in. And the shoulder, I was telling you, I had grinding. All that grinding that I was getting on regular activities is gone away. And like shaving my head, my shoulder always used to grind. It doesn't grind anymore, shaving my head. So the cartilage is is improving it's it's a surreal experience so that's great to hear yeah i saw uh you know uh, the stuff with kevin nash as well so that's uh that's that's amazing you're, you're seeing it uh really spreading right now yeah no that company man is it people i told you when we were talking off air there was somebody i saw made a comment that this stuff is all hocus pocus and in your head i was and i told you i go i wish i can give that guy my body two and a half years ago and let him feel how i felt and how i feel today and let him uh, go ahead and say it's still in my head. Or in watching the, the little kid that I saw that, that couldn't see out of his right eye re- get his vision restored and who I couldn't understand. And after four days of treatment was was forming sentences. I mean, yeah, it's new. We've never heard of this happening before. But this is what the, the umbilical cord stem cells can do. And it, we live in a really cool period. So looking forward to trying to figure out what I'm going to do going going back and running everything. And uh being able to hire out the the right amount of people and and organize this show and do this on the road probably more so and and because at my time wrestling I got to be able to devote my t- myself pretty you know what I mean like that that's you gotta to stay on top of your game you, like training wise I always do that but like wrestling you got to be on top of your game and while doing all this other stuff so it's going to be interesting <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's great to hear and uh obviously this past week last week uh the big news dropped uh wwe confirmed it uh nxt will begin airing on the usa network starting on september 18th uh originally it was thought that they'd probably be airing on fs1 which has uh far less reach than the usa network uh, far less reach than tnt which uh, aew will be airing on but now it's gonna be on usa network which has uh about the same as tnt but you know, it's established. It's been the WWE's network for for decades outside of a short period where they were on TNN slash Spike. 
so yeah, they. Uh, it seems like this deal came together pretty quick in a press release that they sent to us. They they said that the agreement was agreed to in principle, and Vince McMahon said the move to USA Network provides an opportunity to deepen our relationship with NBC Universal and further build the NXT brand. Over the long term, our goal is to develop a following that can be monetized to the same level as our flagship programs, Raw and SmackDown. So they'll be airing every Wednesday night. They got a two-week jump start on AEW. Head to head with AEW, they're going to be live um, from Full Sail University. And one thing that's going to be different is they're going to be doing. Um, they're going to be airing the replay, or the it's going to be on demand on the WWE Network the following night, which they don't do with Raw and SmackDown. It takes weeks for those shows. Uh, Ryback, right that's a, there's a lot here. Uh, yes. Your reaction to the news? So one, it's great for all the NXT talent getting that TV exposure, and I'm curious if that now they're going to restructure deals with those guys getting major television time. You know what I mean? And that now, because that increases from a WWE standpoint, they have now taken the developmental uh, territory, which has kind of evolved as the years have gone on. And now they, it, and they, they've turned it into a, its own brand. Because like when we were down in Florida Championship Wrestling, we didn't have a lot of the stuff that these guys have now and, and whatnot. And pay was a lot different and pay structure. Now these guys all have merchandise and things of that nature. And when you're on TV like that, you got to look at now they're going to be able to do their action figures are going to sell better. They're going to be able to market all these talent now like they do Raw and, and SmackDown. And it's it's a great thing for the wrestling business because now, because that brand, I'm telling you, with WWE and their marketing, it's going to do it's going to do good. I don't think it's going to, I don't think that's going to do bad at all. And I think it's with that style and that format. And, and it, the, the interesting thing is going to see, to see me, if Vince, how hands-on he is with it, or if he lets Hunter continue to do what he's doing for a while and and see how how it goes but i think it's great for not only pro wrestlers but for wrestling fans and that the developmental territories is kind of now before you got to be ready before you go on tv like you really before they would put guys on tv down in developmental that maybe just to get them ready because they weren't seen and that's kind of evolved with nxt already being on the network you're seen by a lot more people now it's just been raised to a whole new level and there's you can look at it from a, from a roster perspective, WWE and, and you know with the ratings AEW they have the ability to to bring some of their talent onto this into that show, and I think the cool thing is too if they're going to start it at full sale is that correct they're going to keep yeah. it there, yep. That if this does well they're going to make be able to and I guarantee you this isn't the plans if the ratings do well and or well enough and this continues to grow the way that it has. They're going to start running live events for NXT exactly like they do WWE, I bet. Yeah. To some degree, maybe not full-time, but maybe there's one or two live events uh, every weekend if they can continue. And maybe not right away, but eventually. And, you know, AEW, I think it's good in just pro wrestling in general because they're going to really, really, really – they're not going to have an easy, an easy ride with all of this. And, yeah. and WWE is not making it easy for them, and they shouldn't. Why would they? And as far as and, and it's very personal with Cody and Hunter and Vince and and then you know his leaving and the way everything went down with that and they're not just going to sit back and be like, okay, start you've you've already taken two of our big stars with Jericho and and Ambrose like there there's no way WWE's happy about that that two of the the top guys have left for this new company and, and again them having the majority of the roster ninety something percent of the roster is from the independents. They're going to have a real challenge on their hands, and, and yeah. it's, but 
if they come out, they're gonna they're gonna have to elevate their game, their TV, and and WWE has them on every angle, experience wise, with all of this and whatnot. But AEW's brought in. I saw they brought in Tony Schiavone, and uh, which I think is a great pickup. I always loved him as a kid watching. Yeah. And I think him and JR together, I would like to. I I like them bringing in established announcers rather than doing what they were doing with their announced team. I yeah. think it's maybe have one of those guys in there with the two established guys. And I think they're going to find what we're going to find with this as this goes on. AEW is really going to have to expand on who they're going to bring in. I'm telling you, it's not just going to be, you can't just bring in, you know, you know, what's Luchasaurus doing here? Like nobody worldwide is going to know that right away. <laughs> you need name value and it's going to, it's going to get figured in eventually. So exciting times for sure with all of it. Exciting times. And NXT did air once on the USA Network as part of WWE Week. Uh, it was during a, a Christmas. 80, it was in 2017. It averaged 841,000 viewers. So right off the bat, it did close to a million viewers. And that was for a show with no hype that also aired at the same time on the WWE Network. So and that was during Christmas period, you said, which is yeah. notoriously low anyways. Right. I'm telling you, with their marketing power. If WWE goes all out with this and, and, and markets this the way they do everything else, and then you and you got Vince, and if they start bringing, you know, if Roman Reigns shows up, they're going to get the ratings. They're going to WWE has a a roster full of names that yeah. they can and, and where they can those ratings are going to get to a certain level, and it, it's going to be. I'm telling you, it's going to be a real challenge for AEW, and I, I think they could still do it. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna raise the competition level between both organizations and whatnot. And like I said, this is the best thing for pro wrestlers ever, especially our generation. They got screwed over with all this with contracts and not having anywhere else to go with a viable option. Now prices go up because they don't want people going to the other place. Because and it's this is it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. Uh, the new TV deals with WWE kick in this fall. Um, SmackDown is estimated to be 200, $205 million per year on Fox. Uh, you, uh, Raw is 265 million per year on on the USA Network, and now NXT is reportedly at least 50 million. It could uh, possibly higher. Uh, so you take those three deals combined, and that's 520 million dollars just from the US. Just for those three shows. That's not counting international deals. Uh, you know, they're, they're big deals in India and the UK. Uh, so over half a billion dollars per year from three TV deals. And that's not counting the network. I mean, they're at the point where they don't even need to do live events at all. I, I really think, too, if they, in looking at that, where they, they should, for the talent's sake, they should look at cutting that down. It really, that travel, especially AEW going the route they're going, they're not going to go the full-blown four or five days a week. I think that formula is outdated now. There's too much and there's too much going on in the world. If they've figured out they obviously WWE has figured this out from a business standpoint. And like I said, there, there's issues with the pay on the talent and different things. But from a business standpoint, they're making I think they're gonna a billion dollars in revenue uh, they were set for this year or they're it's gonna be around that. It's only going to keep going up if they keep doing things like this and whatnot. And where if live events are the one thing not working out just cut them back make them a more special thing do one live event a week and two tvs or three tvs why not like the talent nobody's going to get rusty people they will increase longevity of the wrestlers or two live events in a tv you know there there's there's a lot of room for improvement on this and the talent like i said they do these tv deals and stuff and talent don't get a cut of this 
that's the thing where it's because of the talent that all this stuff happens. And I think that if they reward the talent for that and give in, in, in health is the number one objective going forward. I think it's, it's a win-win for everybody. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, WWE did have NXT taping scheduled on September 11th and 12th. Uh, fans can now transfer them to the tapings on uh, Wednesday, September 18th and, and September 25th. So, yeah, uh, big news now. Let me pick your brain on this. If by some chance AEW beats uh, NXT that that first weekend, how do you see this affect what their current plan is with NXT? As far as you know, at Full Sail they have a crowd of, of 400 people. Yes. Uh, AEW is going to have these arenas with thousands and thousands. The first one's going to be you know close to 10,000. Uh, do you see them quickly changing that to uh, a more you know, raw based format or SmackDown based format if they're losing off, you know, right off the bat, or if, if even if they're competitive with AEW. I'm going to, WWE is not going to want to lose this one way or the other because NXT re, is a reflection of the WWE brand and it is, it is WWE. So I, I don't know how long they keep that format, but I think if they go in, I think they're going to be shocked if they come out on the losing end right away with all this. And if they do, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they did switch the format to where they then record NXT on a Raw or SmackDown day even. You know what I mean? And they adjust things with, with where they have the big crowd already there. And I don't know how they – or maybe – I don't know how they would do it, but they, they would definitely look at something to try to – if they think they're losing because of the audience, if that's like – if that factors into it with them, they, they're not, they're not going to want to keep losing. I know that much. Vince, yeah. Vince, Vince is very highly competitive. So I think they look at it like, no, this is a good way to kind of slow down AEW for a while with NXT. We can, they, they're confident. I think they're really confident they're going to come in and beat them right off the bat with their marketing and whatnot. And I think, again, I don't know how much is AEW really promoting the TV network outside of like, um, I know they did. I saw something with Chris because I follow Chris on Instagram. They, they had a little thing during one of the baseball games with, with him and Hangman Page. But are they really going all out like marketing wise on like that this new wrestling show exists? Because I haven't seen a lot. Yeah, there is not so much yet, but I think that's part of their plan is to wait until it gets closer. But they did have like before the Rocks movie, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, there was an AEW trailer that aired before the movie. Oh, really? And, yeah. And there are some commercials starting to air here and there. They still haven't officially uh, announced the TV uh, show name. Okay. It's expected to be Wednesday Night Dynamite. They had trademarked that, but uh, that was not official. So. Yeah, we'll see, but I think I think they're going to really pick it up once the fall season starts in September. Okay, that makes sense. Then I'm just I think with with it's, I'm just curious on all that because WWE and their marketing, and, and WWE has the advantage to promote NXT on Raw and SmackDown with built-in audiences. Right, very easy to carry that over. On uh, now, you don't have to go onto the network. You don't have to have a subscription to watch this. I think it, there's a lot of potential there for NXT. I, I really do, and but again, I like it from a pro wrestling standpoint because it makes both organizations. You now need to fight for talent and 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 creatively and everything. It, every, talent benefit from this all the all around the horn. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I know with me personally, it is a lot of wrestling per week now. Uh, yeah. You know, back during the the Monday Night Wars, uh, before Thunder started, you, you still had WCW Saturday Night, but that was skippable. So you only had Raw and Nitro that you had to see. Uh, now there's a ton, uh, but a lot of fans are upset, but 
as we remember the, the Monday Night Wars, that was one of the funnest periods ever in, in pro wrestling. So yeah. the competition just makes things interesting. Surprises, I'm telling you, Roger, the one thing I, we've talked about missing on pro wrestling that where guys start popping up on the other show, that is to me, that's the cool thing. I, I mean, it happened back, there were so many surprises during the Attitude Era. That for me was what I always like, I, because it didn't happen like a ton, but it happened enough where. It was such a big deal when another name would show up on the other show. It was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And that's because it's, that's in an entertainment world, talent leaving is very real. And that's the, there's something about that that I think wrestling fans, this generation hasn't really got to experience a lot of. And it's, it's to me, that's the really cool thing with it. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure you remember the time that Rick Rude <laughs> was on yeah. Raw and Nitro on the same night. Yep, there's, uh, it just creates really <laughs> crazy opportunities for talent and for fans that that yeah. haven't been here since WWE bought out WCW. Yeah, and so for fans who are confused by that, Raw used to tape every other week, so they had Rick Rude on on the taped episode, and then WCW signed him, uh, got him on the live Nitro. So yeah. it was a uh, it was a big deal. That's um, we have four shows now per one, two, three. That's four big shows per week. We're gonna have though. Yeah, all uh, two hour, all two hours in Raw three, correct? Well, now so there is talk that uh, they're still looking at three hours of television on Friday night. Now, uh, they, SmackDown can't be three hours on Fox because of local news commitments and um, and the, the primetime window that they have. But they could do an hour on FS one. That to me seems like overkill. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's asking a lot today's audience to switch channels at, for a third hour. Yeah, and rate where ratings are important, and that the chant to a channel that doesn't get as much uh, viewing. Right. So as yeah. far as what's been announced so far, it's nine hours of you know cable television wrestling per week. Oh God, I would hate to be a writer during this. (laughs) (laughs) Then you throw in like ROH and MLW, NWA has a TV deal and and New Japan. And and, uh, there's just more wrestling now than ever. (laughs) That is far. Yeah. There can be too much of a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Who would have thought that after WCW WCW folded that we would have more wrestling than ever. And Uh, it makes it harder for these other organizations to get any traction when you got these companies getting like, like impact falls down tremendously with this. I feel like they just, cause they don't have the big network and, and it makes it even harder for them now to get on a big network with that much competition. I feel, you know what I mean? Where like that kind of puts a cap on how much can this company even grow if they can. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the things that hasn't been talked about that much is AEW, how it's great that WWE has a real competitor, but it has affected the other promotions. ROH's uh, attendance has dropped, has dropped significantly in the yeah. popularity. Well, and uh, too, from a talent standpoint, you got to look at these guys are going to go where the money is. If the wrestling, they're going to get to go and be on. They, that should be the goal of every wrestler that you if you're going to kill your body, you need to make as much money as possible. Because and it's where and you're gonna you have a major TV network and you could still wrestle the style that you're wrestling like that's and then you have like there's options there's WWE which is their style there's in their format there's NXT which is a little different style there's AEW which is a little different style more of the you know the independent style it's talent from impact these people are gonna want to get out of their contract especially if money's not great at these other places right and go to where it is and they're they're I wouldn't be shocked if we saw some of these companies fold up. In the upcoming years, just because talent wise, I think it's going to be really hard for them to keep names. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fascinating time. Also, uh, with the, with the XFL starting in January and how that impacts Vince McMahon. Also, uh, WWE they're returning to Madison Square Garden Monday, September 9th, Tuesday, September tenth. The tickets have not been selling that well. Wow. Uh, yeah, so they just they announced that they are adding the Undertaker to the SmackDown tapings on Tuesday, September tenth. So a random Undertaker appearance to help boost ticket sales. So yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, WWE having a hard time. It's their first television tapings at Madison Square Garden, first TV at Madison Square Garden in like ten years, and they are not close to selling it out at this point. Do you know what their ticket sales are at? Did uh, is there any information on that? How close uh, or far? Uh, yeah, I'll have to get back to you. You can go on Ticketmaster and you can just see there. There were a there bunch were a lot of, of empty seats. There are a lot of empty seats. That's interesting. And, uh, but they did really uh, price the tickets high for these shows. I think really? thinking it's MSG and and their return that they thought with the high ticket prices they'd still be able to sell out, but that has not been the case. Well, they have the issue too of MSG charges a lot to run there. Yeah. Also, that because I told you that's the one place I never liked. I never liked wrestling there, and the reason for it was. I didn't think they appreciated. We had to pay for parking to go perform there. Where you and it's not a lot. It's like 50, 60 bucks. But they had like the fact that never anywhere does talent have to pay for parking. To just imagine charging you two to come in and p- perform at an arena. Like, oh, we need to charge you for parking. It was such an absurd thing. But <laughs> WWE didn't want to cover it for the talent because they're already paying so much to run there because they 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 just they would just overcharge to run there and that then WWE needs to keep their profit margins probably a certain level because why wouldn't they run TV somewhere else where they can keep those margins? And so it, and it just, and then it gets hit. The fans take the hit on it too. It's weird. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I've just never liked it. I wish that that wasn't a thing because it's a good, great crowd there. Usually it's fun. It's a great experience wrestling there, but it just for the pricing wise of it, it's, they kind of take advantage of it. I feel, but. Wow, I had never heard of that. That's how I had to pay for parking there. That's yeah. insane. I've always preferred. I loved uh, the bar. I wish and I like. I loved wrestling at the Barclays Center. Like we had that first Shield match there for the the TLC pay per view. Yeah. That was their first pay per view. But that that arena, we always had to get bussed in. That was always a pain because there was no parking there. But at MSG, they have the parking garage across the street. You park. They give you a ticket, and you have to go and you have to pay. At the the ticket window, like with a fan, they got security all around to keep the fans back. You pay just like a fan to park, and then you go in and and go perform. It's an odd thing, but I never understood that from a talent perspective. I was like, this is odd. (laughs) (laughs) That is is ridiculous, but I I can only imagine Axl Rose getting there and... (laughs) Sorry, man. You need to yeah. parking. It's just a weird, like, just imagine you just see your, all your WWE superstars going and just paying for parking before the show. It's just a weird thing. It doesn't, it doesn't exist anywhere else. It's the only arena, Raj, that it exists at. So, and it's not a lot of money, like I said, it, but it's just an odd thing. It's yeah. that never made any sense. Yeah. So, uh, so AEW more TV tapings were announced. Uh, their fourth TNT episode is going to be at the in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, at the Peterson Event Center. Uh, the fifth one in Charleston, West Virginia, at the Charleston Coliseum, which is a pretty big arena. And Charleston, West Virginia, is not uh, exactly the biggest uh, metro area. So yeah, five five dates now for TNT. I wonder how big is the Pittsburgh arena they're running. I believe. Uh, let me let me double check. I have I had just written something on that here. I believe it is like around eight thousand. Okay. 
Uh, oh, it's 12,000. So, yeah, so for wrestling, it'll be probably uh, configured for like eight. Okay. Eight, seven to eight. Man, I hope they do well. I really do. I, I it, The interesting thing is that as we go forward is if, <laughs> what if they struggle? What if NXT struggles? Where does, you know what I mean? Right. What if it is overkill on the pro wrestling? And then Raw and SmackDown have the advantage as always because they've been there the longest. So yeah. it, it's, 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 I'm I'm just sitting back watching right now, kind of saying, I wonder how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, and and the SmackDown, I mean, they are going to be in a lot more homes now, but it's also on Friday night, so that cancels some of that out. And on a network, so there's going to be a lot more pressure to perform. Yeah, that's that's a great point. That because they did they moved to Fridays before, and I remember b- being younger and not wanting to watch SmackDown as much because it was on the Fridays. How much that get where that's going to configure into people, their audience, and whatnot, and. That's with kids and everything. That's when, you know, school's out on and they have the weekend and family activities. And it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Last but not least, XFL, they, they got their, uh, they announced their team names and logos. It's the Dallas Renegades, the St. Louis Battlehawks, the Tampa Bay Vipers, New York Guardians, Seattle Dragons. Los Angeles Wildcats, DC Defenders, and Houston Roughnecks. So those are the eight teams uh, debuting in February. Interesting to see how this plays out with the XFL. (laughs) (laughs) Round two. I don't uh, invince how much time is he going to be away with all this. He's going to have to be away, and I'm sure he's hired out and and delegated a lot of responsibility with the XFL and whatnot, but he's going to have to be very hands-on with that and with all of this going on in WWE, and you know you have Hunter there. Hunter is more than equipped now at this point, I think. Um, and and having and you go, you know, they have Heyman and Bischoff there. They have experienced people there. The shows can run themselves and whatnot. And I, I think though the WWE, that one thing is everything's always ran through Vince mm-hmm. at the end of the day, which is good and bad. It's good because it does keep structure there. When things have to run through multiple people, that formula never seems to work anywhere else it seems to cause more problems so i think eventually you know if vince isn't making the final call then if hunter's solely making the final call you need something like that and the other and everyone has to go through everything has to go through hunter eventually you know and keep that format in place but it's just i don't know it seems there's just so much going on in pro wrestling it's chaos <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, so that's it for this week. I know it's quite, quite a bit, but, uh, yeah, really newsworthy week. Awesome. Raj, is there anything that you want to go ahead and plug to wrap up? Uh, yeah, just keep, uh, checking out wrestling Inc. We have uh, new interviews there with uh, Jerry Lawler, Enzo Rhino, uh, just, uh, just tons of stuff. Glacier, uh, talking about how he turned down a WWE offer in 2000 cause they wanted him to have a state trooper gimmick. Oh wow. Yeah. Just, just tons of content, tons of stuff. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just keep checking out the site. Good deal, Raj. Guys, we're going to be right back after these messages. Baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with betonline.ag. This week, I'm not watching any of the game, guys, because you know the big guy, Ryback, is, doesn't watch much sports, to be quite honest. But I'm not against it at all, and if you love sports and you love betting, betonline.ag is your place because now you can save an extra 50% added on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. The best part is the bonus will be added on to your balance within seconds. 
Again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus, and please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. BetOnline.ag, your one-stop shop for online betting. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code THEBIGGUY to save 15%. FuelMeals.com Feed me more. All right, back here. Big thank you, big Brodus Clay Tyrus, for coming on. I uh, really, really enjoyed getting to catch up with him. And um, for me, it's always very special doing this show with the guys that we all started out together and uh, grew up and came up uh, in pro wrestling together throughout WWE. And sometimes we go, you know, for periods of time without talking, but it's just like the moment you talk to him, it's like everything. Me and Brodus were talking about that. It's just like all the time goes by, but you really just pick up where it, where you left off, essentially. And uh, it's a cool thing, it really is. And it just goes, pro wrestlers are very unique human beings, and you have to be to be able to succeed in it. And uh, we're all cut from a very similar cloth, as different as a lot of us are. There's a lot of a lot of similarities uh character wise uh and all the the men and women who who make it in in pro wrestling but big thank you to him for coming on and look forward to hopefully being able to get on 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 his show as enough said showing possibly uh something else there with the fox news and uh mixing it up over in his territory next time in the foreseeable future with all of that big thanks to raj giri as always always enjoy getting to talk to him uh, with everything going on in the wrestling world and staying true to my wrestling roots with all of that. Moving on, guys, wrapping up this week's show, I want to talk about briefly a couple things here before I kind of get into the plugs. I do want to say, if you could, though, guys, please subscribe to our Ryback TV on YouTube. That's Ryback TV. We have clips. We have the whole video of the show. And everything here, me in studio, uh, and usually when the guest, when we are able to do a Skype, with, when we're able to see the guest, uh, we have them on the TV here just to kind of help with all of that. But there's a lot of you that enjoy watching, and I thank you. Our YouTube channel is growing tremendously. I wish I would have started it right when I left, but I've kind of, I didn't want to be seen for a long time either, going through a lot of the injuries. And it was, uh, I was just focusing on the audio. And, uh, but I, I realized, and I've talked about it, how important YouTube truly is. So if you do, uh, listen to the show, follow the show, if you could just shoot over to YouTube, subscribe and turn on the notifications and, uh, we have clips and we break show the, the, the clips down for you on different parts of the show and whatnot. And, uh, cause sometimes you always don't have time to, to listen to the whole show. 
and which we do have the whole show up as well over on YouTube as well. But we are we are growing at a at a great rate there on there now, and uh, I thank you guys very very much for that. All right, my motivational thought of the week here from my Forbes Thought of the Day book is by Frank Tiger. The most important thing to do in solving a problem is to begin. The most important thing to do in solving a problem is to begin. What does he mean by that? I think reading that, that we all have problems, and oftentimes I think it's human nature to want to kind of sometimes push our problems back and ignore our problems um, and just kind of go about our day. Uh, and the problem with that is that the problems don't go away. Typically, they they amplify, they increase, and they can create further problems. So saying that the most important thing is to begin is we we need to address our problems. If there are things in our life that we are not happy about that are causing issues with our life uh, in whatever form that may be, we have to start by addressing the problem or problems. And it may not always be the easy thing, but um, if you do nothing, you get nothing. If you do something, you may get something in return. So it's uh, never a good thing to just push our problems back and ignore them because oftentimes if we can, if we can address them and we just start, and we we attack them head on, our lives can improve substantially. And that is my thought of the week. Another thought this week also is a great book I came across, guys. I like to share when I when I when I come across something really cool. And this is something I've, I actually wrote about this in my book, Wake Up It's Feeding Time. There it is a I came across a website many years ago because I remember sitting in the WWE locker room and I remember Sami Zayn actually there was a discussion on porn and how Sammy was talking about how he had gave up porn. And it was very interesting to me and because it's so prevalent in today's world, it's everywhere with our, with our smart devices and our phones here. And I didn't realize that the, I came across this website, your brain on porn many years ago and was very fascinated by it. I didn't realize the guy actually had a book. It's your brain on porn by Gary Wilson. And I highly recommend that every man and woman read or listen to this book. It will open your eyes to, to a lot of things going on. And it is very, a lot of people have, have addictions to this stuff. And I, I love to just listen to, to books to learn and to look at myself and say, is this a problem and whatnot? And so check that book out. I think it, it's a great read. It's a must read for, for you guys, if I, if I must say so myself. And uh, and maybe help you open your eyes if you're having issues or problems in your life. It could all direct back to a porn problem, porn addiction. Which, by the way, kids have these smart devices now. A lot of kids have access to this stuff, and there's there's proof, and they have it in the book, and they talk about it. Where it porn rewires your brain. Our brains are very plastic, and how they how it causes a lot of damage, but it can all be reversed by actually stopping by stopping watching porn altogether, which you might be like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ryback? But it's, listen to the book, and you, you, will, you will see. I think it will. There's a lot of things. It can, it can dull happiness. It does a lot of things to your brain we don't think about, but there's, there's a lot of people benefiting from this stuff out here and, and from it. And as we've known, we've talked about, there's a good way to do business and a bad way. 
And uh, there's a lot of people doing business the bad way. And check that book out. That's all I'm going to say. I think it's a really fascinating read. And uh, I think that you guys, my listeners, I like to pass on great things when I come across them. And that book is a great thing. Big thank you. Moving, moving, moving on this week to Wiretap Radio, CLNS Media, and the Wrestling Classic. Uh, for all fan mail, guys, please send to P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. Feed Me More Nutrition, as always, guys, is available on feedmemore.com and Amazon. I direct everyone, though, guys, if you're going to buy the supplements, you could buy them on Amazon uh, by the Feed Me More store or um, also on uh, feedmemore.com. We've actually, in going through our books, unfortunately, and I've always said, uh, you know, I've promoted Amazon heavily over the years and, and really breaking down the bookkeeping and looking at everything. It's unfortunate. Amazon keeps about 60% of the profits, 60% of the profits, just so you guys are aware. So I kind of try to direct people to my website. Our website is really picked up over the upcoming months and we do a lot of great deals on there. And I have another seller on Amazon as well. So there's essentially three places to buy feed me more nutrition online with that. But the website is the best business wise for us. And again, a dollar of every sale goes to three square and feeding the homeless or people in need on that. So, which we update every month moving forward here, starting in September on, on, on the amount raised on all that. But it was a little disappointing to see Amazon keeping about 60% of the profits. I knew it was high. I didn't know specifically how high, but it's, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. And I tried talking to them and it's, uh, it is what it is. I won't be advertising with Amazon or anything moving forward. We've in our sales actually have gone up, not advertising on there, which is crazy when you, so, but advertising through other social media venues through the, the company that we're using right now and whatnot has helped feedmemore.com tremendously. You can save 20% with podcast 20 guys going there. Fuel meals, my personal meal prep service, save 15% with discount code. The big guy, all personal videos, cameo.com slash the big guy, Ryback. All professional wrestling bookings and appearances. Bill Barron's at Showbiz, S-H-O-W-B-I-S at AOL.com. We got my book, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time on Amazon. And then also, I want to do big, big thank yous to Real Good Foods, one of our main sponsors, realgoodfoods.com. You could save 15% with discount code Ryback. They got the cauliflower pizza. They got the keto pizzas, keto enchiladas, keto breakfast sandwiches and, and, and breakfast and jalapeno poppers. And I believe bacon and cheddar poppers. They got they got a whole menu of great things there at realgoodfoods.com. 15% with discount code Ryback15. And then also Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service, 15% with discount code the big guy I mentioned already on that guys as well. And you know, follow me on social media. We're not going to give you all the social media names on that. Just follow me at the big guy Ryback22 on Instagram and Ryback22 on Twitter. And then you could branch out and see all the other accounts that we have. On all that as well. We're Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook and Ryback247 on Snapchat. And big thank you as always, guys. If you're in pain, the company that has helped me uh, to hopefully be able to not just improve my quality of life, which it's already done, um, but hopefully and, and quite possibly be able to return uh, at a very high level to professional wrestling. BioAccelerator, um, the stem cell company, they they brought me down there to Medellin, Medellin Colombia. And, and gave me uh, very expensive stem cell procedures down there. A lot of them. I had a lot of procedures done, uh, which made it expensive. And uh, all for free. 
to help me to be able to resume my career. And Kevin Nash went down as well. There's a bunch of other guys, pro wrestlers, UFC guys that have all gone down. Um, you can check out their site and inquire through them and, and ask them, the people that I deal with, David Truitt, that go to www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves. That's B-I-O-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R, www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves on that, guys. And if you're living in pain, there's a, there's they treat a, a wide array of, of injuries, and you don't, surgery is not always the, the first thing you should do, guys. And I'm telling you from firsthand experience, the stuff works. My back is completely pain-free. I've had 12 procedures, 11 in the States, were, which were very mild compared to what I got done in Columbia. And my shoulder is not grinding like it was already 20, 20 to 21 days in. And this stuff really doesn't kick in until the first and second month. And sometimes up to three months it takes to really, really work. And it works for up to six months of just regenerating and healing the body. Um, I'm very confident that I'm going to be in a very good place after all of this. My back already is. So it's uh, I can't speak highly enough about them, guys with that and uh i know sometimes it might some of this stuff might be out of your price range but we can't put a price on our health as well it's not going to hurt to get a little bit of information and you know maybe you maybe it's something you got to save up for but i'm telling you point blank it works and you're going to continue to hear me talk about my improvements and it's not me bullshitting you it's me actually legitimately getting better and it's surreal it's all new but we live in a really cool period and there's People out there, and hopefully over time, this stuff does come down in price as it becomes more common. And I wish it was as, I wish it was available to this level and this power in the United States, but it's unfortunately not right now. And the procedures they're doing in the states are very mild compared to what they're able to do over there at BioAccelerator in Columbia. So check that out, guys. I really, I really think it, it could benefit you if you're living in pain or you know somebody who is living in pain. With all of that, guys, thank you as always for listening. You guys have just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. Feed me more. This is Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment. 